You do realize this camp was closed down like 20 years ago. Some woman, she went fucking nuts, killed all these counselors, blamed them for her son's drowning. He was like deformed or uh, retarded or something. <laughs> Mom got hers. Uh, apparently there was one survivor. This girl, she cut that lady's head off with a machete. People go missing around here, they're gone for good. Outsiders come, they don't know where to walk. They bring trouble. Just won't be left alone. And so does he. He was actually there. There comes one of them now. He watched his mom's. Being beheaded. They must be punished, Jason, for what they did to you, for what they did to me. Kill for mother. the others. You should have been watching him every minute. You need to be punished for what you did to him. <laughs> Let him drown. You should have been watching him every minute. This is the 100 Lunatics Podcast, where horror lovers and horror haters come together for insights, insults, and information overload. Tonight we watched the remake of Friday the 13th. Hello out there, our cool million, our rabid rabid fan base million strong we like to call them hello my name is daniel carver i'm your horror lover this is my horror hater cousin nathan hi everyone and of course some of you may know andrew the intern why hello to the cool million <laughs> okay not to the cousins just the cool million oh well, everyone should kind of know that the intern has been slowly getting more and more of an attitude over the last little while and seems to think that he has the ability to talk back and act like he has some sort of self-righteous um, claim to something. Um, Daniel, I really think we need to get we need we need to start talking about this. Yeah, well, he's being a real asshole lately. And from the conversation we were having before the show, you know what kind of asshole I mean. A gaping asshole. <laughs> I was yeah. gonna leave it a mystery. But there it is. Kind of like, like like a machete carved out asshole. Right. Right. Right in there. Yeah. Now that we've lost a cool half million of you. <laughs> welcome to Spin eighteen, the remake of Friday the thirteenth, two thousand nine. Uh this is a cap on the franchise that we started this show with, we have now officially, after tonight's show, we'll have done all of the Friday the 13th franchise properties. All of them. We'll be done. Then we have nothing. No more Jasons unless they decide to make a 13th Jason. We can only cross our fingers and hope. Right, intern? It seems like it would be the right thing to do with the number. Right? If you, even if you stopped after that, you would have to at least have made the 13th installment. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it would actually take place on Friday the 13th. Uh, some of them do. 
Some I, of them don't. Couple. Yeah. What yeah. about the, what about the next one not being called Friday the Thirteenth? What if they were to call it Jason Voorhees or something like that? Um. Hmm. How do I feel about that? I guess they've already done Jason they, Goes to Hell and Jason X, so why not Jason <laughs> Voorhees? Or just call it Voorhees. Yeah, you could do that. They like they like one word things nowadays. You could just come out in a year or two with Voorhees. You could and, and have everyone go like, "Oh, that's it, it's a new Friday the Thirteenth movie," but the, but it's not called Friday the Thirteenth. It, it's called Voorhees. Yep, Voorhees. I'd watch it. See, rusty machete assholes on board. Mm-hmm. Is that bad? You? It makes sense. It does. It's got the sexy one word title. It's Voorhees. We all know the name. It strikes a particular feeling. Um. Is that a continuation of this film or its own new reboot? At this point, it would have to be its own new reboot, I think. Or maybe just taking it in a different direction. Maybe you get Rob Zombie to do a treatment on Jason the same way he did with Halloween, focusing in on the kid, maybe giving a bit more structure to his childhood instead of this kid that died in a lake, a lake that might have magical powers <laughs> yeah that's the part that's always overlooked right like these lakes are like fountains of youth maybe you ditch the lake you make it more about child abuse you know zombie rob zombie-esque like psychological awfulness to his childhood i know here's what i always wanted with jason was i like the idea of like the lake being involved and him developing a fear of water but instead of it killing him, and then we're wondering if he's like some supernatural ghost or whatever, instead just have it like give him brain damage. You know, like his dad like, waterboarded him. Like he's a regular kid, but then these bullies like held him under for too long, and he kind of like half drowns and like is unconscious for too long. No, and, his dad did it. And then the, he the, a dirty wife beater and like a big pot belly. You know, one of those guys that like slams the door and the and the drink spills. Jason! Jason! Get out of there! I don't know. I don't think I'm on board with the abusive dad angle. I like it still being the counselors that that do it. That way there's still motivation for him to go and kill people. Abuse him sexually. (laughs) Holy moly. I'd be up for them to do a continuation of this one. Like they abuse him so sexually that they give him brain damage? (laughs) Well, yeah. Like, Like a twisted counselor or two. Oh, you know what? Oh, oh, oh. Okay. All right. <laughs> Follow me on this. He accidentally walks in on a camp counselor, male and female, having sex. And they try to scare the shit out of him so that he won't tell anyone. And they accidentally do more damage than they intend to. Yeah. And that's why the sexuality thing is such a big deal. Yeah. And that's why he's got a weird face because they've done the damage. Yeah. They burn him yeah. accidentally. Mm-hmm. Sure. Hey, that you know what? Okay. Throw whatever detail you sounds want okay. at me, in turn. I will answer it. Like Surgically. That Surgically. No need for your tools, Doc. Uh, You're the attitude, everybody? It's there, yeah. and it's growing. Mm-hmm. Yep, like a cyst. Yeah, a bulbing cyst. Now, before we find out how we Just all second, feel. Daniel. Whoa, 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 whoa. Just a second. We need to talk about what bulbing is. Bulbing. Did you mean to say bulbous? Bulbous. There you go. Okay, you can carry on now. <laughs> or bulging. Could have gone with bulging. Yeah. And it became bulbing. Just interrupt the, we're going to go into grammar conversation now? I thought this was a horror trailer right. thing. 
please, Daniel, continue with your bulbing. Yeah, I didn't want to get you were doing. Didn't want to get caught bulbing. How embarrassing! Yeah. Whew. Holy shit! <laughs> All right, IMDb five point six. Rotten Tomatoes twenty five percent critic, forty six percent user. Uh, budget nineteen million. Gross worldwide eighty eight million. But a forty three million dollar opening weekend. That's pretty impressive. Means it made half of its money in the opening weekend. Exactly. I'm gonna go ahead and dispute that. I'm showing a seventeen million dollar budget and a ninety two point six worldwide box office. That's with fine. A, with a ten um ten point three million uh, domestic DVD sales. I did not grab the DVD sale numbers. So that would mean a hundred and two hundred and three, roughly a hundred and three million total gross. Mm-hmm. Directed by Marcus Nispel. Uh, this guy also did the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, which was uh, reasonably successful and well accepted by the horror community for being a remake of such a cherished property. And I don't re- remember this one getting as much praise, but I don't remember anyone hating on it either. People hated on the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. This one sort of just didn't get talked about. Do you guys have any recollections in 2009 of this movie even coming out or anyone saying anything about it? I was very not into horror when this movie came out. So I was, I I held it in disdain and didn't care about it and wanted it to uh, remove itself from the new release while as soon as possible. (laughs) Intern? I had uh, the, was in the exact same situation uh, at a store, you know, 17 blocks away from Nathan's. And what happened was I started a Twitter handle called I Hate Horror, watched the entire franchise, uh, forced to watch the entire franchise with my cousin, and slowly was poisoned by this experience and have come to appreciate um, the hokey ridiculousness that is the horror genre to a certain extent. And I think you may be surprised at our feedback tonight, Daniel. I think you guys might be as well. Um, And I will say my experience when this movie came out, I was still in an earlier stage of my uh, horror journey. Would that be the pretentious stage? That is correct. That's even what I was going to call it, you piece of shit. But (laughs) um, yes, it was. I had had grown jaded and hateful of the horror genre because I loved it so much and it was giving me nothing. This again was like the the aughts, a week period in horror history. And by the time that this Jason remake came out, I just... I just didn't have it in me. I think I saw like bits and pieces of it on television over the years, but never. This is my first time actually sitting down and watching it beginning to end. Wow. I'm interested to see what your thoughts are throughout this then. Well, because I think it comes from a from a place of franchise purist where the remake is offensive because of its attempt to pay tribute to the franchise itself. And I don't know about that. Is that going to be a part of this conversation? I don't know. We'll get to that. Um, New guy playing Jason here. They don't go with the guy that did Freddy vs. Jason, although they do go with the writers that wrote Freddy vs. Jason. And this time they go with Derek Mears, which is an interesting dude. He's really, really big, so he's a good choice for, for playing the new Jason. He's also like a... He does a lot of stunt work, He's so he knows what he's doing. But he's also like a cage fighter and an improv comedy actor. 
Like, he has, like, an improv group that he's constantly tweeting out invitations to their shows and stuff on my Twitter feed. <laughs> you know, you gotta, uh, gotta get work where you can, and you gotta do what you're passionate about. Yeah. Maybe he just yeah. really likes comedy and being in movies where he kills people. Yeah, I'm just saying he's, like, he's an interesting dude. He also pops up in one of my other, uh, in a, in a modern slasher franchise that I actually appreciate a lot, uh, the Hatchet series. He pops up in there, too. Not as Hatchet, but just as a big dude. And uh, that's most of his roles, is Big Dude. Mm-hmm. Thug 4. Yeah. Contract yeah, Killer. Yep. Keep going. Thug 2. Mercenary 9. Inmate 1. Chameleon from The Hills Have Eyes 2. He Bounty plays... Bounty 3. He plays, he plays classic Predator in the Predators movie with Adrian Brody. Mm. Yes, we see that. Bridge Goon. Officer Duffy. And Psychops that... number 1. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Keep going. <laughs> Mike. Let's just do the whole filmography. Rody. Monster. <laughs> Wolf. Mr. Elliot. Burly H. Vamp from True Blood. What uh, is, William. What does H. Vamp mean? I'm not sure. Hardcore vampire. Can we like... <laughs> Could be. Can we do a lifeline phone call to a True Blood fan? You can Google that shit. Oh. Burly H. Vamp. And then just make like phone dialing sounds with your mouth. <laughs> beep boop boop beep beep <laughs> and i didn't know this until i read about it apparently a lot of this movie was filmed here in austin i saw that which is cool i didn't realize that until about three quarters of the way through my last film uh, viewing of this film so now i'm gonna feel like i gotta go back through and watch it again and see if i can pick anything out that makes sense to me because earlier um there was the shot of i think it's trent and either Jenna, I think it's probably Jenna, sitting on that um, stone seating area outside the back door of their cabin. Mm-hmm. And there's the pathway leading out to the shed with all the tools and such in it. And the firewood there and the hot tub, I guess, and everything like that. But I just remember thinking that the, the trees were really great. And that lake you know, nearby serves really well for Camp Crystal Lake. And the location was just really well chosen. And then to hear that it's Austin reminds me of my visits to Austin and that, yeah, the trees kind of do look like that. And that does kind of look like Austin. So that makes a lot of sense. Add a little familiarity to the movie. Um, the only other person I even recognize, there's a lot of people in this cast. A lot. Two entire groups of teenagers, as we'll learn a little bit later. And the only one that I remember seeing anywhere else, there's, a, there's, a, there's an actor from like Supernatural or something. That he, mm-hmm. him, I didn't even recognize because I don't watch that show. I did recognize the redhead Whitney, who plays the sister that gets abducted. She, I remember her being in that show, The Mentalist, and I think that's about it. Anyone recognize Chewie or Lawrence or any of the ladies in the group? I only recognize the guy from Supernatural, and I don't watch Supernatural, but I've seen enough movie covers to know that that's what he was from. Hold on, Nathan. If you can wrangle all these teenagers together. Maybe you can explain to us what happens in this movie. Well, Daniel, Friday the 13th, the 2009 version, is a drama. It's a drama about kids, teenagers, going on camping trips, thinking thinking sexually about each other wanting to touch one another wanting to be with one another 
<laughs> Except Wade. And Chewie and Lawrence. But there's definitely sexual thoughts going on in all of their minds. Because they're young. They're full of life. And this is also a tragedy. Because there's a, a maniac lurking in the woods. Someone whose territory has been trespassed on. And he will react violently to protect what is his. And there's some people in this world, Daniel, that hesitate. They hesitate and they contemplate and they waste a lot of time. This is not a man like that. This is a very serious man. And he takes it out on them maliciously. He hunts them down and he murders them. He murders them. And it is... It's a sad story. <laughs> so a hint of redemption here as well. You just have to watch the movie to find out what that redemption might be. All right, guys. I don't know about you, but I like this movie. Oh, that's good news, Daniel. I, but honestly, honestly mm-hmm. like this movie. I like what they were trying to do with Jason. You know what was satisfying about this movie is that Jason wasn't a bumbling idiot when being attacked by people. It's right. Randomly, all of a sudden, where he's so aggressive and you're like, oh, he's going to just kill everyone. He can kill everyone. He's super strong and can kill everyone until the last scene when he's not. And then he, you know, quotes, dies. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah, this is, uh, I feel like this is the version where Jason comes across throughout the movie the same way the whole time, which is great. Yeah. Aggressive, powerful. Credit to Derek Mears, the guy playing him, that he is so consistent throughout the entire movie. Everything is incredibly brutal. Jason is not scary in the horror scary movie sort of sense, but he is, like, incredibly effective in this movie. And I think this is the first time they let Jason use his fucking machete. In other movies, he uses it once so that you know that this, that this is a Friday the 13th film. And then after that, he's he's get grabbing garden tools and whatever is available to him, which is cool too. But here, they give him creative kills with machetes as opposed to just creative kills with whatever random tools. Mm-hmm. I think the, the thing that happens with Jason in this is uh, him not being scary but being imposing. I think that's, that's what he is here. A force to be reckoned with. I think they pull off imposing in some of the other installments. They the interesting do. part of this podcast tonight is that we have gone through every single one of these on 100 Lunatics. We have we have watched and analyzed every single Jason movie or Friday the 13th installment leading up to this. And it's a lot of fun, actually, to come back and watch the remake to cap it off. And the intern actually went out of his way to watch all of the movies. Yeah, to catch up. Yeah, very recently. So yeah. I would say that he should probably be the go-to for any specific details about uh, some of these earlier installments should they come up in the uh, in the conversation. Of course, if they don't come up in the conversation, then you can just continue to be your useless self. Yeah, well, well they'll, they'll go to me first, and then in turn can confirm or deny. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. That's, uh, I, I, Daniel, let me apologize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apologize. Hey, hey. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> hey. 
Don't get your chain stuck uh, in a wood chipper, okay? Okay. <laughs> calm That's down. later. That's calm later. down. Sorry. Calm the fuck down. Yeah. Sorry, Daniel. I apologize. That was that was I was totally out of place. I feel I feel terrible about it. It's all right. But this we do want to talk about some like the previous films in the franchise. And I think a good way to to get into that might be to notice what they took from and put and smashed into one movie for this remake. Because there's some of part one in here, part two, and part three. I think there's even a little bit of part six in this movie. Uh, intern, did you notice anything else? Any little uh, bits or pieces that they stole from the other films in the franchise that they chose to include? Cherry picking, as they say. Uh, well, I think they had like well, one, two, and three for sure, and and four a little as well. But I didn't really catch a whole lot outside of the first four. It seemed like it was on one of the reviews. They were talking about how it was like the four and one. They tried to encapsulate yeah, the it, first four movies, and I think that they actually did that. Now, parts like the first one are just kind of taken as the intro scene, the very first scene, and you're done with one. Yeah, that's yeah, that's all you need. You just need to know that it was the mom getting revenge on these counselors, and we're done with that. Yeah, but it does go through, and it, like it does the points for the first four. I didn't really catch. Um, well, it's from six, but I'm sure that you'll point them out, and I'll I'll agree with you. Most I think likely. it was I think it was trying to touch on the entire franchise, paying tribute to the entire franchise, and trying to encapsulate the entire franchise. And I think it was more predominantly comparative to number four. And there's just a few little bits and pieces of of the other ones of one, two, and three. Because mm-hmm. I think the franchise was really trying to find itself and define what it was as it stumbled around making shit tons of money (laughs) early on right and it eventually became this thing and i remember first coming to this franchise as a as a newbie and saying what why doesn't he have the mask and you and everyone else were like yeah no that's everyone thinks that's what the first one is and that's what he is but that's not what it is and And that takes till number three yeah the and then number two in. he's wearing a bag on his head and you're still not getting that satisfaction of the mask on his face until three and then four is when he's really i think established as that as that character mm-hmm. i agree i think the part that i thought might have been from six maybe this was from four uh, maybe you can help here intern uh which is in one of them there's a character that's like exactly like clay it's a brother who's coming into the woods and crosses paths with the campers because he's looking for his dead sister that died in the previous film. That's the one with Crispin Glover in it. So that's four. four. Yeah, that's four. God, I wish, I wish I had that Crispin Glover clip right now. I forget what, his, what he says, too. Like, Billy! <laughs> Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Yeah. And he does that great dance. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, four is great. Yeah, that dance. Oh, man. <laughs> So good. Crispin Glover. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. He gets the butcher knife straight to the face. Um, <clears throat> speaking of good ones and bad ones, let's, uh, intern, you most recently watched, I think we've probably discussed ad nauseum throughout mm-hmm. the past what our favorites were. Uh, where do yours stand? I understand it can be fluid a little bit with certain titles being like, like very close to each other and it could go either way but give us a general idea you want me to go from worst to best or best to worst let's go best to worst number eight was your favorite right no uh he's on a boat number seven is my favorite number se- interesting um, oh wow okay cool i like the telekinesis storyline I, I like i like that one too 
was the most interesting. I was the most engaged watching that. Um, then I would go to Jason X. Okay. For pure ridiculousness. Um, it executed what it was wanting to do, as Nathan would say. So I'll jump on your vocabulary there. Jason X is my favorite. Um, number three, I would pick as uh, the final chapter, number four. Okay. Um, and then for number four, I would pick Friday the 13th, the first one. Um, and number five would be part six, Jason Lives. Number six, I would pick as uh, this is where we might have fighting words. Jason takes Manhattan or Jason on a boat. He's on a boat. <laughs> um, then I would do Friday the 13th, part two as number seven. Friday the 13th, part three is number eight. Jason goes to hell is number nine. And Friday the 13th, the new beginning is number 10. And that's it. New beginning Except was this was last now was it offensive to you because jason is not in it or because the movie was just boring um both and the scooby-doo ending was ridiculous that it was um i was also the most unengaged watching it i just didn't give a shit but what about, about anything that happened like things happen and i was like who cares <laughs> but tommy's having like psychedelic nightmares yeah no everything was done poorly was just poor. Everything about that uh, that movie was offensive to me. Apparently, yeah. F- five and nine p- p- are usually people's least favorite. Where where did nine fall for you? Second last. Second last. And what about Freddy versus Jason? I didn't watch that. Incomplete list. Disappointing. Do you know why? Because <laughs> you guys didn't watch it until you were done watching all of the Nightmare on Elm Streets. So once ah. Nightmare on Elm Street comes up, I'll watch it when I'm done watching all those ones. So. You're That's le- gonna need to come up. You're learning. That was a that was a trap question. Mm-hmm. If you had put it on your list, I would have freaked out. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, what are we laughing about? Uh, Daniel trying to cover his ass on. Uh, excuse communication me. Communication here. Wow. No, in turn again, talking out of place. That is not how you behave on this podcast. Let's, okay. We'll see. No, that Daniel is very well aware of mm. the order in which things are watched. <laughs> he was testing you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Nathan, I know your favorite's Jason X. What's your least favorite? My least favorite Friday the 13th movie is probably, honestly, ah, uh, uh, <laughs> so know, hard. It's really tough to pick your least favorite because so many of them kind of fall in the same category for me. Like, I was very disappointed in the first one. I hate that the first installment of these huge horror franchise movies get this high rating just simply because they gave birth to it. Yeah, they tend to be kind of weak or tame. They are. And I also don't think that it deserves my wrath all that much. And I I don't think number two is bad. I just think it was disappointing that it wasn't what I wanted it to be. So you have to gauge your own expectations with the whole thing as well. So, and number five was out of left field and weird, but I don't know if I would call it a bad movie. Like they they tried to do something different and they failed from a franchise perspective (laughs) because that's not what people wanted to see, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the movie was terrible. I think that the most awful Jason movie is probably Manhattan or goes to hell. It's probably eight or nine because it was, it was getting ridiculous and it didn't own the ridiculousness. It, it just, it was hokey and stupid and X at least Jason X, (laughs) it owned it 
and it was awesome. It bathed in its stupidity, and it was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I think I have uh, I, I love 4, and then I have a lot of fun with 6 and 7. Like, after watching them <clears throat> over, like, a couple of months or however long it took, or maybe a few, many, many months, however long it took us to get to Jason Lives, by that time it was nice to have a sort of comedic take on it, especially after returning from part five with no Jason and then part seven too was so fun it was like yeah why not we're at part seven why not give a fucking girl some psychic powers you know give her actually something as a final girl to fight Jason with other than just like luring him around by his own stupidity and yeah and he had, and and Hodder pulls off some like great stunt work in that film too he makes Jason really big and foreboding number seven was interesting uh, I would say 10 seven and four should all be at the top of everyone's list and if they don't put 10 up there, I understand why. But I'm, I, I really enjoyed, after watching the whole franchise, it's kind of a nice piece of candy, you know? Yeah. Like, th- this might be an easier way to put it, especially so that, An- so that Andrew can help judge where I'm coming from. Here are the ones that I consider, like, rewatchable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anytime that they're on TV, sure, why not? I'll let it sit in the background. And that's 4, 6, 3, 7, and 10. Seven. Um. The ones that I don't really like, I, I don't really like the first two. The first one, if you haven't seen it, of course, go and see it. Part two is sort of more the same. They're doing a lot of that first-person perspective. He's got a bag on his head. And there's a handful of cool scenes. But it also suffers from just being really censored as well. A couple of these movies suffer more than the other ones for being heavily censored. Like, some directors didn't care to put up a fight. And they're just like, yeah, whatever. You get a lot of those off-camera kills, and that's what I hate. And so one and two have a lot of that. Freddy versus Jason, I can kind of have fun with it if I'm in the right mood, but a lot of times it just pisses me off. And uh, five and nine, people really hate on nine because it's sort of the the same thing as part five. There's no Jason in it. Jason sort of like passes between people like a spirit. (laughs) Yeah. And I get it, but it's a fun movie to me. There's like some fucked up kills in that movie and there's some hilariously stupid characters that are fun to make fun of and and then eight i put eight at the bottom even though like we you and i talked about before that it's cool with the you know punching his head off that roof kill and the <laughs> sauna stone in the stomach but it also has the guitar death. yeah mm-hmm. the guitar death he uh, axes her with the, her axe mm-hmm. the disco death a lot of like portaling around the room Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't like it doesn't even try. I, I think it just picks and chooses which installments that it that came before it to pull from and to try and be in canon with because it doesn't try to do anything. There's like baby boy Jason appearing in like nightmares, and then he's like stuck in a sewer and he gets poured over the sewage and it reverts him back to a little boy and it's just all this weird super like I, I don't even know. I wouldn't even call it supernatural because the part the new blood is kind of supernatural. This one is just like, eh. Just I, I, I've just kind of found it offensive. Like, the, like they were like, "Trust me, Jason fans don't give a fuck about this shit." <laughs> <I'm> just like, <laughs> yeah. I think my thing with it is that I I enjoyed the the way that people died in Jason Takes Manhattan, which is what made it more entertaining than a few of the other ones here that I think are lower than it. Just for watching sake, um, with him killing people in different ways was entertaining to me. Um, but that makes a lot of sense because it is kind of garbage um, for the rest of the series. <laughs> yeah. If you're like linking them all together, then uh, that makes a lot of sense. 
because I'm not because I'm a fan. I'm a fan. If you're taking the franchise this far and you're gonna start making part sixes and sevens and eights, um, go for it. Go for your crazy script idea. Take this universe into a new direction. Whatever it is, I'm willing to hop on board at least for a peek. And um, after we go through the movie tonight, we'll discuss where this remake falls in this list. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime. I think we should go ahead and hop in here. We've already mentioned that this movie opens up with sort of a black and white uh, flashback to Mrs. Voorhees getting killed by the final girl in 1980. So does it does that mean that this franchise has now shifted the timeline forward 30 years? Because I think in the original Friday the 13th, it's a thing that happened in the 50s, right? I don't remember the exact year of the origin. I do think that Although I don't need this scene included, I think that they probably hummed and hawed about having this be a part of the movie. Yeah, and probably. I, th- I think you kind of have to, I guess, in the end, but I don't think it's necessary after watching the entire franchise myself. I think that any new reboot in the future needs to not have any of that and just go in whatever direction it's choosing to go and, and stay true to it and just march confidently. Yeah, because it's starting to approach, like, James Bond-level uh, franchise size. Well, they're pandering to the origins here, are they mm-hmm. not? That's It's all just a pandering. This is not really related to the way this movie is written in any way. This movie is like, sex, 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 drugs, killing, death. Like, that's... Uh, mom and all that stuff is a part of it, I guess, but... They are doing the homage, though, and they do that throughout all the... Like the first, there's a lot like of all stuff. The, all the movies they have what happened in the last one before happened. Yeah. Like it makes sense that it they does continue that. It does make sense. You're right, and there is the mother element throughout this a little bit. So I guess in the end, it does feel like they're trying to touch on as much of the franchise as possible. They're trying to make I think people who love the franchise love this movie. That's what I think. And and they're doing it right by not lingering on it too long. Like, they give you just the last scene, like, really the last couple of lines of the last scene. Just enough to show you that, oh, here, this time, instead of some vague reason why there's this monster lurking in the woods, it's because Jason is there hiding in the bushes and watches his mom get beheaded, which is pretty brutal. Although they do still make it that Jason's a ghost creature. They say that he drowned. They didn't say, like, he almost drowned. Yeah. It's that lake. Well, it's Crystal because Lake has crystal powers. Of- the, the franchise couldn't figure out what happened, and it, it changed as time went on. They, they never really defined it. We got into big arguments on this podcast series that we did about that because it never, at least I started a lot of arguments about it, I think, because they never really defined what was going on. And then it got all supernatural and weird, and it pissed me off at first, and then I just let and, go. And now you like it. <laughs> To swirl aimlessly in this void. Well, because they didn't have it planned. The movie was unsuspect. They didn't anticipate the, the franchise being what it was. And they just kind of stumbled around making decisions as they went. That's why 5 was so fucking weird. That's why telekinesis showed up in 7. Mm-hmm. That's why they finally just opened the floodgates and said, fuck it. Let's go to hell. Let's go to space. Let's do this. <laughs> We've hit, so, that's it. We've hit everything. Space and hell. Yeah. So when I... I, I don't know. The only thing I don't agree with is them using this flashback as a part of the body count for this movie. Oh, yeah. That's the only thing I would disagree with. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's okay if we're looking at Jason's body count. Then it's a nice round 13 appropriate. Yeah. 
yeah, the, the 13 body count is what I'm trying to protect because I think that's another homage they're trying to do here is Friday the 13th, 13 kills. I think that was planned. Yeah, and it it that should be that should be like the law for this franchise through reboots and remakes and everything that there should be 13 thought out kills in every Friday the 13th sequel. Mm-hmm. Fans Agreed. fans should be able to like tick their fingers off as they're watching the movie. So when uh, Voorhees comes out in 2017, uh you know they'll have to listen to our our structure that we're developing here for them tonight. Actually, the way the internet works now and production companies and everything, they're probably going to be like a fucking write-in contest where you write in your creative kill and they're going to take like all the best ones and incorporate them into the script. Yeah, they just need to have at least three that have a machete. Well, I also disagree with you know getting excited about the writers of movies like this. Like when you talk about the merits of writing a movie like this, come on. Right. Come on. Yeah, the the uh the dialogue is not exactly the strong suit of this movie. No. More it's, th- come on. It's ridiculous. And more and it, to its credit as well, it's it's almost entirely practical effects. Um I I, I appreciate that. Yeah, right from the beginning, like I when I sat down to watch this movie, I'm not sure about you guys, I was just ready for like a hate fest. <laughs> I was like, "All right, what are you going to offend me with now? What do you think I want to see?" <laughs> And then was very awkwardly surprised through my first viewing and sort of uncomfortable in my chair. <laughs> and then the second time through, I was like, no, I think I like it. Um, what, I, what I would have an issue with is, and this is from the writing perspective, is it's a little bit too sex, 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 you know? Yeah. Like they're like, yeah, let's fuck. Let's have sex. Like it's so overpowering with the gratuity. And I understand why Michael Bay walked out 30 minutes in. I get it. You know, you put your name on it, and it's pretty gratuitous, dude. Yeah. It's the best thing his name's been part of. You can save face by walking out and admitting that you had nothing to do with it, and your production company is just a thing that made it happen financially. Mm-hmm. That you have no control over your own production company. We'll make sure that Paps, Blue Ribbon, Heineken, and Aquafina are all mentioned at the campfire, though. Yeah. Uh, yes, Nathan, thank you for transitioning us. Straight from the flashback, we get to go into meeting our first group of teenagers. Instead of getting a cold open kill, we're going to get a cold open group of kills. Already a nice little sign. And as they come in and settle down at their camp, we learn from a couple characters, um, Wade and Richie, that they're actually secretly there to find this patch of marijuana. A Hmm. weed field. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a little mini weed field. That's why they're actually there. And as they settle in, they start their fire. We learn exactly who uh, sponsors this movie. Friday the 13th remake brought to you by Heineken and Paps Blue Ribbon. Is this all we brought to drink? No Heineken or anything? Fuck that Euro shit. This is Paps Blue American Ribbon, my friend. And of course, Aquafina. Go to a supermarket. Every single bottle of water is, is crystal something. Aquafina. The, okay, fine. And let's not forget Combos, Funyuns, and Fritos. My parents' cabin is stock. You think you're actually going to get laid? <laughs> oh, look, your parents do not have Combos or Funyuns, and they definitely don't have Fritos. And this parents' is... cabin is stock. Not for sex. You think you're actually going to get laid? What are you use them for? <laughs> it's an experiment. That's... And then don't forget uh, Lifestyle Condoms. He doesn't mention it, but they're there. Or were those Trojans? I missed that. Well, I saw the condoms, but I didn't catch the label. Well, I've seen other Michael Bay movies where they actually focus and center in on an Aquafina bottle, like like center of center frame. So, like, like, yeah, use, like uh, use a creative slow zoom on it, and your whole body is like disgusted that they're taking something you love and ch- t- tarnishing it. 
it's all what whatever. It's a money making thing. I don't think uh, Michael Bay would pretend to hide the fact that he's all about product placement or at least not opposed to it in any way. Right. And we also get our first set of tits. Well, Daniel, first you have to uh you have to spank it again for daddy. Yeah, do you want to slap that ass again for you want daddy? To, you want me to spank it? Daddy likes it. I'm gonna spank it, daddy. You daddy, like that, daddy. Daddy likes it, Daniel. <laughs> I don't I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to point out how sex 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 it is. They're not saying they're not flirting casually. They're saying, yeah, let's fuck you so hard. Let's spank it like daddy. Like, they're just so sexual. It's We're going to get in the woods and fuck boys. It's super gratuitous. Yeah, and what is Wade thinking? He's like, is he just he just wants this weed? He's happy to be the fifth wheel in this, yeah. like, incessant orgy happening around him at all times? You know what happens with rich people? He seems pretty laid back, Wade. Yeah, they're laid back. Yeah, what did he say? May the force be with your shorts. With your shorts? With your shorts? Shorts. Get space balls out of your head. It's may the force be with your shorts, as in your penis and your pants. Come on, buddy. Come on. God. No. You are so slow in the uptake. I guess so. But guys, Amanda's tits. And did, did, wait, hold on. Did she, did she just pull a bottle of baby oil out of nowhere? Oh, yeah. What you always have that on you. What the fuck was that? Yeah. <laughs> You just anytime because you know you might need to oil your boobs up so that people can look at your eyebrows and uh and take in the wonderful eyebrow um waxing that she's done she just oils uh, her tits yeah she oils them up um behind is it wade yeah it's behind wade yeah he has no idea what's going on which is too bad because he missed out it is too bad, but if you're talking to someone, the person you're talking to is not looking at you at all and saying, I'm going to fuck you so hard to someone beyond you. Do you keep talking? Uh, I I would probably look around to see what's going on with eyebrows. You know, uh, maybe they're making eyebrow movements. This is horribly sexist mm-hmm. right now. There are a lot of different uses for baby oil. Okay. <laughs> um, a lot of them are beauty related. A lot of women use baby oil to remove eye makeup. And they use it to rub down their tits. Legs. I'm sorry? And rub down their tits. <laughs> Daniel, excuse me. Okay, they, they use it to treat their conditioning and cleaning makeup brushes. Okay, they, they do it to smooth parched ends in their hair. There's a lot of things that baby oil is used for. And in this also, they, she happened to have it for these reasons, obviously, and uh, chose to use some of it to lather her breasts to arouse her boyfriend. And that's I don't think that's wrong. Jesus Christ I almost couldn't handle listening to you finish that (laughs) Sorry for the left hook there But it's true These are uses for baby oil So when you say Oh the baby oil was there just for this There's an argument to be made Yeah But Wade is a fucking idiot I'm a fucking idiot (laughs) And Richie is an asshole (laughs) You gotta bounce dude Tell your dumb shit to somebody else And Mm -hmm. Wade is forced to go off Into the woods by himself So that Richie can have sex with Amanda And her oiled up mammaries And Whitney is off with Mike Investigating Crystal Lake Which they found They just heard about this story from Wade And they stumble right into it Well he doesn't stumble He goes off to piss Yeah he's using a GPS No, it, well, Wade is stumbling around. He finds the marijuana while he's taking a piss. Mm-hmm. But Mike and Whitney 
the other two, they've like gone away from camp. Right. They end up at uh, Crystal Lake. Yep. They just walk into it. Whitney's gut instinct says, don't go in there. But Mike wants her to go in there because he thinks that she... Have sex with your boyfriend. <laughs> Have sex with your boyfriend. There it is again. He says it like he's trying to remind her that that's why they're there. <laughs> that's totally why we're here, baby. And and don't worry about your mom. She's fine. Someone's looking after her. She wanted you to come. She told me. She to told me. Out. Yeah. Yeah. So the mom, there's something wrong with the mom. The mom, yeah. Something is wrong with the mom. He has taken her away from her dying mother so that she can have sex with your boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And where are they gonna have sex? In some like rundown, abandoned camp where tons of teenagers were slaughtered. Yeah, they don't really get into where they're going to do it. And I don't necessarily think that once they walk into that cabin, that sex is on Whitney's mind. She's uh, she's drawn to a locket. That looks like her? Little bit. And Mike takes it out of her hand, puts it back on the table, and says... Have sex with your boyfriend. <laughs> uh, he's just like... He doesn't say that. You know who doesn't get to have sex? Mike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. He pushed too hard. He's like, what about on this creepy child's bed that says Jason? <laughs> and we do get a we do get a peek at this little environment, and I like this direction. I like having Jason just like come back into the camp once it's abandoned, take it over as his own, and then that's like his now it's his territory. He hoards bodies there. He's got all these elaborate tunnels underneath that lead to different places, even an overturned bus. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he does have quite the setup it's, going on here. It's, it's kind of sweet, but it's still like the kind of ramshackle place you'd expect. He walks around in there. There's just piles of garbage all over the place. Every once in a while, he has to stop and have like a flashback freak out and have a tantrum. There's enough primitive going on for it to sell itself well, and there's just a little bit of, you know, goony warning traps hanging about to add a new flavor that I don't think was ever introduced in the entire franchise before where Jason had the intelligence to set up stuff that would let him know what's what's going on and I think they even mentioned in the in some of the notes I was reading about this that they did try to introduce this new element into Jason's personality that was never there before this territorial element where he is protecting his his, uh, like you said, his camp. He sets up camp, he protects it, and this is his place. It's like he made a nest or a lair. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. a nest, a lair. And They're... now he gets to kill people when they come into it. Right. Yeah. And that's what we're here for. We're here for Jason to kill people. Who gets killed first by Jason? The first of Jason's kills of this movie. Wade. Wade. Pretty mm-hmm. soon after he finds the marijuana. Fuck. Yes. Oh. <laughs> a little him. orgasm over it yeah so he's not getting one from any ladies Fuck. it just yes it looks like he's getting stapled to the tree initially but then when they cut back his ears been lopped off yeah mm. did you, yeah did you see the kill intern it looks like he like chops down on the side of his face so it made sense to me yeah i just don't remember seeing his ear being gone that's all well, that's that's what Richie sees on the ground. Yeah, is his ear, and then he looks over at oh, the dead body, and the, the ear, ear is gone. That makes sense. So maybe he like maybe he took a swipe, sliced the ear clean off. He's like, Aah! and then he gets stabbed and stapled to the tree. And then there is, of course, uh, 
while Wade is out and about because he's he doesn't have anybody to fuck. He gets picked off easily first. We get our first little glimpse at Jason being like really aggressive. Like he does the he does the thing you'd expect, which is just to be standing there patiently waiting for you to notice him before he lurches. But then when he lurches, he's coming at you fast and hard. Mm-hmm. Well, we did learn throughout the franchise that Jason he can be fast. He's got some speed. He doesn't always use it, but it's there. That's true. He did bust out a run in a couple of them. <laughs> Especially off camera. He's a he's an off camera speedy guy. Yeah. Yeah, he gets pretty speedy yeah. off camera. Well, and some of them he damn near portals around. <laughs> <laughs> but in this one, no, definitely How about the lighting? The lighting? Cuz they cut during this death scene with Wade, they they're cutting back to this tent fucking that's going on with Richie and <laughs> Amanda and the lighting of this thing is just it's great. It's, it's like they set up a light on purpose so that anyone who's around can watch the silhouette of them fucking in perfect, perfect shadowy silhouette. Yeah, we put the flashlight behind us. I want them to see our beautiful, beautiful silhouette. Mm-hmm. They do have nice forms. Get those. Yeah. It's like George Costanza's uh, in, in the Seinfeld with the, oh God. with the sponge bath happening. <laughs> And even, but the camera angle they use inside the tent too is also like really invasive. Like, just imagine being those actors. Like that cameraman is like underneath you, basically, and you're just like tits swinging. Like, okay, I'm gonna let this sweaty actor behind me pretend like he's fucking me. But she, I don't think that it's pretend. Yeah, they're just humping. I just think straight actually, humping. They actually get it on. <laughs> so they're they're method actors. Is that? Yeah, this director yeah. is a purist. Mm-hmm. Sure. He's like, nope, we're going to cut it to be an R, but you better fuck her. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, for someone who is willing to just oil their tits up out in the open, uh, she doesn't like the idea that Wade might be aimlessly walking around outside of the tent, and she puts a stop to everything. She's upset that he might be listening? Yeah. It's a little, it's, that's concerning. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Mm Mm-hmm. Makes Richie have to pretend like he cares. Dude, if you're out there whacking off, man, that is not cool. And uh, then he brings up a very important safety uh, tip for for really all men, if they're ever out in a camping environment like this. Uh, I'm not going to go out there with a boner. Yeah, you don't go out in the woods with a boner, right? That seems like no. a good rule. Mm-hmm. Nathan, care to argue this? I know, <laughs> I know your affinity for uh, having a boner in the woods. Have I gone out into the woods with a boner before? Yes. <laughs> I have. Do I recommend it? Is it safe? I would I would Those are two different questions. I would argue against it. I would argue against going into the boner or going into the woods with a boner. Honestly. Things things can happen to you. You lose focus, you're distracted, uh, you might step in a bear trap and scrape all the flesh off your leg. Yeah. That's uh, that's usually what happens when you go out in the woods with a boner. Mm. Sure. You get to watch uh, watch your girlfriend burn in a. Yeah, it's it's a it's a quick. You know what they're called? A sleeping bag. A sleeping spit. bag. Yeah. 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 As yeah soon well, as, you know what? Jason likes to hang bodies. He does. This is well known. He likes to hang bodies from trees. Something he does all the time. Mm-hmm. There was a fire there. This Jason seems to be slightly more intelligent than past Jasons, and I, I like the creativity. Yeah. yeah, I enjoyed. I've I've enjoyed the the kills so far, but mm. but also take a look at like what they've done with this movie. Like I was thinking about this after I was after I watched it before the show. Right now, um, if you're making a remit or a reboot like this, you must have like all these different producers 
and fans and all sorts of crazy input coming from everywhere that's like, you have to do this, and it has to have at least this in it, and it has to do that. And from what I can tell, it looks like the director was like, fucking fine, but we're going to do it all in the first three minutes, and then I'm going to do whatever I want from then on. Because he gets out all of the uh, uh, promotional crap right at that campfire, all in one nice little go, a little bit more at the gas station, which comes like two minutes later. He gets the drug reference of these movies out of the way. He gets tits and fucking out of the way, and then straight to killing, and then we can play with our cool Jason ideas from here. I never looked at it that way, but I could be sold on it. It does seem like they are trying to hit you with everything that is familiar about the Jason franchise right out of the jump before the before the open title sequence isn't this, yeah, this movie crazy for that hasn't even happened yet yeah we haven't even got to the opening title a, l- a sequence. lot of time passes before they even put the title on the screen mm-hmm. yeah but, this, uh, is, this is like a movie fall uh, that's has like a short at the beginning <laughs> this feels like uh the beginning of um like a james bond or mission impossible to me where you have the the beginning where you're like this is jason doing his thing so this is what you can expect for the rest of the movie, like. But at the beginning, just little. It almost feels like two movies, like group. a heads up. Yeah, just like they do it, the opening sequence, and they say, "Okay, we're going to do it again, but slower." <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> and I just want to say too that the whole Whitney Lockett looking like the mother thing, because I'm so familiar with the franchise now, I knew immediately that once he said. Once Mike said, you look like her, I'm like, oh, shit, she's the final girl. Mm-hmm. I yeah, was like, he, he did say that. It's true. I nailed it right out of the jump just because I know that that's the only thing that slows Jason down. Only thing that makes him hesitate is his mother. And if she does look like his mother, then he will hesitate. Yeah. And we do get, you know, the mother makes another small appearance here when Mike and Whitney are going around inside of Jason's, I guess, home base cottage. And has his mother's head placed in a little shrine in the hole in the wall. Yeah. And he's wearing the uh, burlap sack now. So this would be the shout out to number two. That's right. Mm-hmm. And then they all get it pretty quick after this. As as Richie makes his way back from discovering that Wade is dead, he sees that Amanda has been abducted and put inside of a sleeping bag and hung from a tree over a fire, which I, is that kind of a call out to part seven with the with the smashing the sleeping bag against the tree? Yeah, that's the thing that I was thinking about when she was in the sleeping bag was Jason smashing it against the tree, which was like one of the funnier things I've seen mm-hmm. in the series. It's a but good it almost feels like some of these kills. I remember going through the franchise and thinking I wanted the kills to go even further, you know, and it feels like some of these kills are taking those. A little bit further yeah and one of my favorite things that's happened happens right now what happens next daniel uh richie gets caught in the bear trap trying to get to her really really shreds his leg mm-hmm. like i feel like it did a lot more damage than i thought right at first yeah and a lot of forward momentum it's true it did kind of just like grip and then tug the flesh down as he tripped and fell forward Ooh. yeah and that it was, was uh it was gross graphic Yep, and like torturous too. He's just forced to just sit there on the ground, writhing in pain, watching his girlfriend die, mm-hmm. gruesomely. And because he set up these traps, I get is that that's 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 smart, Jason here, right? He's like, I can't take care of both these groups at once, so I got to hold these two down while I go take care of the two assholes fucking around in my house. 
And then yeah. he steps off screen and portals to the house. Portals to his house, gets underneath his house, and he starts, like, stabbing up through the floor at Mike. So creative. Mm-hmm. This is the stabbing upward motion for this movie, which didn't come while someone was lying on a hammock or in a bed, which was nice. Right. And it, he there's like a few misses, and then he gets it through the foot, and then he gets it through the leg, and then he just gets, like, pulled, or through the hand. That's right. Yeah, and then he gets pulled down. And, like, that's... Don't see anything from there. That part's almost creepier to me, because he just, like... F- uh, especially since later on in the film, there's, like, a uh, a shredder, like an industrial shredder that makes an appearance. To me, I got the feeling that Jason was the industrial shredder. He's just, like, pulling the floor apart board by board and, like, pulling this dude down. You can just expect that his bones are breaking on the way. Brutal. Are you referring to the wood chipper? Yeah. Yeah. But brutal. Already brutal. She's just in the bathtub screaming and freaking out. She makes it out of the house just in time to run back and see this horrible situation that her friends have gotten into. Yeah. And draw Jason back to Richie so that he can do one of Daniel's favorite kill moves. (laughs) Yeah, it's really good. It's even better by the way Richie reacts to it. Because Amanda just falls out of the sleeping bag eventually after she gets unzipped uh, by Amanda. A little bit of smoke comes out of her mouth. It's a nice little touch, not too yeah, much. The smoke in the mouth was nice. I mm, commented that. on that. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yep. And then isn't it number three where they do the nice stab down the middle of the head that you liked in the bathroom with that woman? Oh, yeah. Which one was that? Is that number three? Um, maybe. I don't know. It's I'm one like, of them. Yeah, I've got a blank stare and one through four mm-hmm. meld. I watched anyway, them all back. I know back. the I know the kill that you mean though, and you're right. It's when the axe comes into her face and it's just like thunk, and it looks so in, like brutal. And this is definitely that as well. Especially that he sinks it into his skull and then uses his foot to just push his face off of it. Foot was the best part of this. It made me so happy for some reason. Oh, me too. Me too. It's so, just like so violent in the right way. It's so satisfying because he doesn't pause. Jason doesn't pause. He just comes walking across the field. As soon as Richie sees him, he's just frozen in terror. He just comes straight forward with the machete and yeah, great, just so great. And goes after Whitney too, but we don't get to see the actual contact of the machete against Whitney, so we don't know if she's alive or dead. And finally, we're done with our cold open, and we can start the for real part of the movie. The credit rolls. And did you guys watch the theatrical version or the extended killer cut? The extended killer cut. Good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get a lot more of the brutality in the killer cut, and it's worth it. I usually wouldn't say bump a 95-minute movie up to an hour 45-minute movie, but uh, in this case, what you're getting is more of what you want to see, so it works out. Yeah, it was satisfying. And so already, well, that's, that's Wade, Amanda, Mike, and Richie. That's four kills already, and the movie just started with the actual group of teenagers that we're going to be following for the rest of the time. A whole new set of stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite character? Anybody? Ooh. Um, I myself am a pretty big Trent fan. Trent is pretty good. I, I like, like Trent. Trent. I like Chewie. You're a big Chewie fan? Yeah. Chewie's fun. Uh, yeah, I guess everyone, I guess that's about it, really. Nolan's just a douche. Uh, Clay... I don't know about. Well, I don't. I don't know that we should just step right out and say Nolan's a douche. I'd say that it's a little tough to develop a connection with Nolan. He isn't around for very long. That's true. Hmm. Did either of you get to know anything about Nolan? No. Just that he's a sociopath. 
other than that yeah. he defies Trent's rules instantly that he set out every every pretty much every rule calls himself a dick and yeah. tries to force himself pretty much with his charm and, and wit on uh, on a young on a young lady on Chelsea uh, I think Chelsea was receptive was she mm-hmm I don't know. Sometimes I feel that it's peer pressure that makes women take their tops off and go wakeboarding. Yeah. It's possible. It's possible. Right. So our new group, Nolan, Chelsea, Chewy, Lawrence, Bree, Trent, and Jenna. That's who we're working with now, and they're all headed out to Trent's fancy, fancy cottage in the woods. Mm-hmm. Where they run into Clay at the convenience store general store gas station <laughs> <laughs> yeah trent is like hyper douche right out of the bag mm-hmm. a ready to go can't stand behind a guy for two minutes in line because this guy is trying to find out if the store owner has seen his missing sister which is this girl whitney from the first group of people so yeah, it's been trent, like six weeks trent and clay do not hit it off they are not in agreement no. On anything. No, not at all. But first, the store owner has this little thing to say. It goes up to me. You could wallpaper the whole place with him. But the owner makes the rules. And he's a real... What is that? It's a fart. I he know fart. it. But that... I loved that little scene because that made me feel like this movie was part of the older franchise. Like, you would catch a character like that in one of the older movies. Yeah, a lot of the peripheral mm-hmm. characters in the original franchise were weirdos and crazy people. And yeah, like the old lady. Yeah. Clay goes and visits as well. She's also a crackpot. Yeah, she's kind of like reminiscent of those like hillbilly people. And is that, is that part five? And then the, with the big glasses <laughs> and the goofy eyes. Like that's, that, yeah. that made me nostalgic. That's the three where they have that general store or whatever. And they're, they're both weirdos that run that store that he store slash home that he invades yep but you're right about tread and clay they don't get along at all hey are you gonna are you gonna buy something i mean you, you've been up here for, for quite a while yapping so um sure yeah and okay. listen to how so we have passive aggressive clay yes water and some gas guess i'm an asshole you okay bro everything good yeah everything's fine thanks but I'm not your bro. So you don't want to be friends after this? You don't want to hang out? Let it go, Trent. It's not me. This guy's being a dick. Yeah, it's me. Obviously, I'm the one being a dick. Yeah. Every time, he doesn't say anything insulting or, like, alpha at all, that entire interaction. He's just like, oh, yeah, I guess I'm the asshole. Oh, I guess I'm being a dick. <laughs> well, that's what sarcasm is, Daniel. Yeah, but, that's, but it's weak sarcasm, though. It's not even, like, a good one. It's just saying the thing the last thing the guy said to you in a sarcastic tone <laughs> i was gonna say that if you would listen back to some of the podcasts that you've been a part of you would maybe hear a little bit of clay in your voice oh yeah i do that to you all the time on purpose well i'm just saying there's a lot of passive aggressiveness from you to me a lot of the time and i'm actually i, I connect with trent here i think that yeah the guy obviously at the front counter doesn't want to help you, so why don't you get out of the fucking way so that we can buy our shit and go about our business? <laughs> of course you, of Nathan, course you, you would are side a bit of a dick. Trent. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. He's a fucking playboy. Look at this place. 
Yeah, it's not even his. He's so concerned about people ruining his parents' stuff. Look at that feathered hair. Well, people need to have respect for shit that they're visiting. Yeah. Instead of being um, Maybe disrespectful. Maybe invite a party group out to your house that nobody can do anything in. Okay. Oh, my God. You're saying Sikasa uh, Sukasa? Mikasa Sukasa? Oh, my hey, God. Bro. Nathan, Nathan your trend in Andrew is, is Jenna. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Andrew's definitely a, a girl. I don't take my top off. Absolutely. You don't? No. Hmm. You're one of the only ones. Tease. But yes, Nathan, I did think about you when they were at his house and he's like knocking their feet off the furniture and cleaning Dorito bags out of his car with disdain. <laughs> I was like, yep, Nathan is totally going to identify with this guy. <laughs> Where's the coaster? Yeah. <laughs> Have some goddamn respect. Quit being a friggin'. Close the door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Close the, door. Close the window. I'm not trying to heat the outside. There's a lot of things here. It's totally disrespectful. <laughs> Uh, we also get an introduction to Lucille, the group bong. Yeah, Lucille. They put a lot of uh, attention on this bong. Is this just to remind us once again that, yes, drugs are still a part of this? Mm-hmm. It's, it's trying to say that teenagers are all about smoking drugs and having sex, and that's it. And that's there's nothing, it. there's no other depth. That's all I did when I was a teenager. Smoked drugs and had premarital sex, right? Isn't that what every teenager went through? It is. No. Oh, yeah, I know. It should be. If not, then you uh, failed at childhood. You failed at teenagering? <laughs> or you were maybe not as attractive as other people. Maybe you were an outcast. Maybe you spent time in the library with other like-minded fellows. Mm. Maybe you weren't appreciated by the pretty girl. I didn't say anything about pretty girls. Strictly boys. Underage <laughs> ones. What is Clay doing while the... Uh, other group is settling down at the cottage. He's trying to find his sister. Mm. He's just hitting the road on yeah, his motorbike of his and his backpack full of uh, have you seen this girl posters. Mm-hmm. He stops by and visits the old lady that lets him know that, yeah, fucking teenagers go missing or 30-somethings that pretend to be teenagers go missing all the time. Uh, it's because Jason abducts them and murders them and they're never seen again. So good luck, you piece of shit. Now get off my property before I set my dog on you. Yeah, she's dead. She, according to uh, the old lady. She dead. Yeah. Oh, she missing? She dead. Yeah, she's not missing, son. She's she's dead. She. You got no hope now. Take care. <laughs> <laughs> and People go missing around here. They don't get found. They don't want to be found. Because they're dead. She's dead. Your sister's real dead. And we get to meet an even more hillbilly hillbilly. Yeah, my favorite. Donnie? Is that his name? Yeah, Donnie. His name is Donnie? When do they say his name? They. I don't know that they do. I just know that I looked up the cast list and found out his name. Oh, shit. I was, I was trying so hard to find out what it was, but I just ended up, in the end I had to just call him hillbilly. No, it's Donnie. And he just about hit, hit a button. What kind of button did he... That he almost hit here with uh, Donnie. Fucking lucky there, Stretch. Came about that close to hitting the start button on a whoop-ass machine, boy. Boy? Boy? <laughs> a whoop-ass machine. A whoop-ass machine. Fucking lucky there, Stretch. <laughs> yep, he's there. We get to meet the hillbilly who hasn't seen his sister but wishes he had. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. Get to meet the wood chipper. The wood chipper is introduced. We know that's going to come into effect later, just the fact that it's there. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, you yeah, can't it's a surprise now at the end. I also want to call. I want to call Clay out here. I want to take a minute and call Clay out. Uh, first of all, he's saying that his sister's been missing for a month, and he she's actually been missing for six weeks. So he doesn't even know how long it's really been. It's a bad brother. And he's just getting around now to driving around on his hip motorcycle, tossing out flyers. So the guilt has taken this long to get to him. But he did talk to the police officer who put their best men on it. Oh, did they? The senior men. Yeah. Yeah. They stumble around at this lake for four hours and find Camp Crystal Lake and stumble across Jason with a dead body. And you're telling me the cops put effort into this? Apparently. If I was a brother, a real man, a gentleman, I would be out looking for my sister and pushing the cops and handing out those flyers within days, not within six weeks. Well, we're going to find out how much of a bad, you know, gentleman Clay is later yep, on as well. We certainly are. I feel like the cops call him after a month and they're like, we've done all we can. We're just going to have to consider this a cold case and uh, put our resources elsewhere. And then two weeks later, he's like, ah, shit, I better do something before people start talking. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. We picked up Downey last night again for fucking that mannequin. Yeah, but he's... he's uh, <laughs> again? Oh, God. You go tell that boy to keep that shit in his pants and go find himself a real woman. Or he's going to hit the start button on a can of whoop-ass. Boy. 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 But Clay's a stick in the mud. Doesn't he want to buy any weed? Hey, 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 hey. Forgot. Did you want to buy some weed? Seriously, I just found a fucking shit ton of it growing out there, a little bushel. Sell you some. No, thanks. You sure, man? I got, I got a whole bunch of You sure? It's your fucking loss, dude. So fuck your shit up, boy. Good times. <laughs> Good times. Fuck your shit up, boy. Good times. Can I ask you guys a personal question? All right. This has to do have, with uh, licking. Anything? Have you ever looked at a pornographic magazine? Oh, my God. Uh, yes. Yep. Yes. Have, yeah? Okay. Have you ever licked the vagina <laughs> on the page? In the spread or, or pullout of a nudie magazine? No. You've never done it? That's never happened. Uh, Daniel? Uh, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> How to phrase this? Yeah, licked? No, no, I've never licked a nudie mag, nor have I stroked my finger longingly against a picture of someone <laughs> that I loved. Uh, these are movie things. I was just thinking about all the other people that have looked at that magazine that might have, uh, you know, secreted fluid. Okay, onto that's it. enough, intern. Thank you very much. Wait, 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 wait. What are you saying, intern? Licking it. Look, what what else would be on the page? Like other people may have licked it. We already lost no. half our fan base in the opening. <laughs> I know. And you want to do this now? Yeah. Hey, Donnie's going upstairs. 50, Donnie's going upstairs to play with Gina. Who's Gina? Now, the first, man. he has to lick the magazine, Nathan. Oh, he did. Daddy had a little lick. Like that bitch, you know you do. <laughs> then he's gonna go upstairs to the mannequin. It's been a long time, Gina. You remember that special night we had? Remember when you took my virginity? You're sexy. You're still tight as ever. I'm gonna fucking pound you so hard. <laughs> Is there? I didn't know that there was holes for that on mannequins. He you know he made one. Mm. Just chipped it out. <laughs> Didn't even bother to smooth the edges. He's just got to pound you so fucking hard. So, what happens next? Oh, he fucks the mannequin, right? No, no. What did I jerk off to? What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jason 
getting him with the machete. Uh, Jason, he hears even one whisper of somebody having sex with anything. He's there. He's yeah. <laughs> to kill something. <laughs> as soon as he licked that magazine, he just perked up from across the field. <laughs> Did I hear up. something? His head pops up out of the field. <laughs> He teleports to the location so he can stand there for them to turn around and see him. <laughs> Gonna fucking pound you so fucking hard. Well, the good news, guys, the good news here is that Gina makes it. Mm. G- Gina makes it out okay. Yeah. Yeah, she's just uh, left laid to waste on the ground, though. I feel like she's been disrespected. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually a cool little scene when when he when he first gets there because uh, the hillbilly or Donnie actually like has a split second to react. He's like, "What the fuck?" and he turns around and they actually and then Jason has to block his hit. That was like a weird little extra tiny step that I was not used to seeing. It's always always just completely overtaken by surprise. But he actually like tries Someone tries to defend himself. Yeah. Well, there's a purpose behind it. They have to get his the bag off his head. Yeah, they have to tussle. Mm-hmm. They have to get the bag off his head so he can find the hockey mask and don it and move on from, you know, the tribute to, to episode two. That would be three. Uh, I'm sorry? That would be three. Uh, you're talking about the movie where he wears a bag on his head? Oh, no. The one way. where he finds a mask. So we're ending right. tribute, tribute to number two. two, and we're moving into tribute. Okay, in turn. He still wears a bag for number three. <sighs> uh. Daniel, can you talk to him, please? (laughs) I was actually going to mention that, like a lot of the other little things that you know are going to happen or are waiting for to happen, they handle it nicely, don't linger in it too long, and move on. The thing that I thought was a little shocking is that he actually found the mask, because it seems like he moves another thing out of the way. Yeah, he, he, he sees it peeking out. Yeah, it just didn't look like it was peeking out at all. He goes down for his bag. He sees, like, the little side of the mask poking out underneath, like, a burlap sack or something. And then he's mm-hmm. like, hey, fuck it. This bag is kind of hot. I'm living in the woods all the time. It's incredibly humid out here. Why not this nice, airy mask? He pops it on, checks it out in the broken mirror real quick. He's like, well, it'll, it'll do. Back to uh, killing. Time for me to machete some old people. And I'm taking Gina with me. Boy. I feel like Jason should have Gina. He should have, like, a nice mannequin <laughs> that he, like, puts his... Mutilated penis into. Oh, Why is his penis mutilated? I don't know. It has like a little tiny Jason mask on the tip. Oh, God. <laughs> he just has this micro penis. That's why. That's that's what makes him. He has this huge guy with this little micro penis. His little micro Jason mask, and when he takes it off, it's like a botched circumcision scar. Oh, no. Jason on too many new levels. Weirdly, though, his penis isn't afraid of water. No. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's ridiculous. All right, let's let's get come on. Let's move on to some topless wakeboarding. Okay. Yeah. That's the first thing that happens every time I go wakeboarding with uh anyone. Uh girls take off their tops and uh and start jumping through the air. Professional wakeboarders. Professional wakeboarders not really though. I thought it was a professional wakeboarder that they convinced to take the top off for the movie. It was actually they taught her to wakeboard for the movie and was willing to go topless. Mm. Ten days. At least she uh, learned a new skill. 
Gave her 10 days to learn how to wakeboard. Mm-hmm. Not bad. She doesn't do anything fancy, but she also like hops over the waves a few times. That's she enough for me. The, she takes the jumps. I think that I could do what she's doing after 10 days. 10 days is a lot of time mm-hmm. to learn how to wakeboard. Oh, you ever gone water skiing or anything? Dude, 10 it's, days. It's brutal. 10 days. It takes like two days to like stand up on the water. <laughs> 10 <laughs> days. I don't know. Lot Maybe. Of- Got to get good at it. Either way, this is our very limited time uh, that we get to spend with Nolan and Chelsea because they're going to go do Trent a favor. Really, it's just to joyride his fucking Escalade around and then steal his boat Mm -hmm. and do some topless wakeboarding. And this is actually the one kill in the movie that I feel was sort of just tossed away, right? It did did seem a little out of place. Nolan gets shot while the boat is going like 50 miles an hour. By an arrow from Jason from the shore. Yeah, he's an expert marksman. Apparently? Yeah, how else is he getting the food that he's eating? Yeah, I guess so. Is he he hunting it with a bow and arrow, or is he just, like, grunting and grabbing at animals as they run by? Well, I think, well, he's got the traps as well set up, so he knows how to trap. He probably knows how to use the bow and arrow and hunts them that way, too. Actually, you're right. Yeah, he. So it's not not weird that he knows the bow and arrow. Just weird that he's that incredibly good at it. <laughs> right. Yeah. But when all you do is kill people and animals to eat, that you get good at things. Yeah. Why not? I just would have preferred something a little bit more uh, intense. That's the weakest of the kills, I think, for this entire movie. Mm-hmm. But it sets it up so that he slumps on the wheel, or on the. Uh, accelerator the boat's out of control chelsea thinks that he's coming by to pick her up and they just runs over her head yeah she gets a nice little head wound and she gets a couple minutes and it's a nice shot of jason just staring at her from the shore and they were smart in this reboot they've made him hydrophobic which is what he should have been the entire franchise which what freddie versus jason desperately wanted him to be but it was too late mm-hmm but here they've decided to go with that from the beginning. I appreciate that a lot. Yes, he should. That should be his kryptonite. Should be that situation. Although he's found a way around it with the bow and arrow. Well, they could have very easily just had the boat come back to shore and then done something else. That's they could have still seen him. They still could have done the shot with him in, in the woods and the trees, and they could have done something else. That's true. But they don't. Is weak. That kill is weak. It is funny a little bit too, though. The arrow just boom, Appearing. and then him turning around and <laughs> yeah. it is kind of it is a little entertaining, but it is kind of out of place. I agree. But Chelsea's makes up for it. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, straight down on the on on the crown. It's a new machete, best, uh, machete stab, and then the pull up. The the, fla- the new best uh, flashing scene that's happened. Yeah, yeah corpse, <laughs> corpse titty Cor- flash. Corpse flash. Yeah, corpse titty. Corpse flash. titty flash. Corpse titties, dead boobies. Hold on, we can we can alliterate this. Corpse, DBF, dead booby flash. No, no, no. Like dead double Ds, or you know the same letter. We need the, all the words to have the same letter. Well, that would be DDD. Brutal boobies. And machete mammary massacre. Massacred mammaries. I mean. Secured memories by Machete. We saw some of those in Halloween. Here it comes. Oh, we're watching in the background. Ah! Oh, shit. Yeah, she just ah. got pulled right up there. Yeah, she did. Yes. It was such an instant. It was so. But he's he's so he's, he's pulling her up so that he yeah. can get the machete back out of her head. Yeah. 
and no, using it all makes the, sense. It was just it yeah. seemed like it was like super fast. Using using the dock boards to leverage and just uh, and just so she can sink back in. It is very logical. Mm-hmm. And that jerking around of the object being stuck in her face again adds that nice little extra touch of brutality. And now it's just party time, right? There's lots of partying going on. Trent is being a little bitch, trying to clean up after everyone, getting all angry. Beer pong. There's beer pong. There's drinking yeah. out of a filthy, filthy shoe. Well, Trent's supposed to, but he's, you he know. He doesn't. Who'd... So Chewie does the only honorable thing and drinks it out of his own shoe that he hasn't been wearing socks. Chewie's such a party animal. Such yeah. A... <laughs> such a party. Yeah. He brought Lucy. But drink beer out of your own shoe? Yeah, it's a little That's gross. That's disgusting. Yeah, but Trent points it out, which is, which was hilarious to me. He's like, "No, dude, you're not even wearing socks." I'm like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> "Yeah, <laughs> that moment happened." <laughs> I, I connect with Trent here as well. I don't like drinking games, and if somebody tried to force me to do that, I'd be like, "Get out of my house! Get your feet off my my coffee table!" He decided to play beer pong. Use a coaster. Quit being a disrespectful asshole. <laughs> It's obvious that the guy at the counter isn't going to help you. Move out of the way. Let me pay for my stuff. Absolutely. Jesus Christ. Stop Absolutely. breaking my shit. Fuck! Dude, you just broke my dad's fucking chair! I don't care about your fucking lift. This is a family heirloom. <laughs> it's a fucking family heirloom. <laughs> yeah, everything in that house is a family heirloom. Fuck, dude. My dad's chair. <laughs> it's a bit of an overreaction. I agree. <laughs> but you know who can fix it? Chewy. Yeah. He knows oh, they don't call him the Wood Wizard for nothing. They don't call me the Wood Wizard because I, I masturbate a lot. <laughs> Grab a flashlight, you fucking idiot. <laughs> that's the that's my favorite. That's my that's the better part of that clip is grab a flashlight, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Damn it, Trent. But while this is all happening, it's getting dark. Clay and Jenna are out and about on the other side of the lake, right? Mm-hmm. Investigating. Mm-hmm. And what do they come across? Well. Someone comes across them, intern. A headless body. Being carried by? Mr. Voorhees. Who's the headless body? The headless body is... I don't know. Bum, 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 bum. Probably Donnie? Probably Donnie. I don't see him going out on the water to get mm. Nolan's corpse. Right, that makes sense. No, that boat's just driving in circles for hours. And, you know, Chelsea's body's in the water. He's done with her. She'll sink to the bottom. He is smart enough to clean up his mess, though. I don't know what he's going to do about Nolan's body. Someone will find it eventually. But at least he takes Donnie's body, as well as all the other bodies in the movie. He brings them back to his headquarters, which is great. And I would say this is a really dumb moment on Clay's part. Why he didn't also grab his bag when he went to hide from the scary man? No sense to me. Plus their hiding spot seems very well lit. That's the thing that happens throughout the whole series, though. People hide in, like, wide-open spaces <laughs> that <laughs> are well-lit. Well, they're hiding under the canoes. It's not that well-lit until Jason sees the bag, realizes that someone's trespassing on his camp, and, like, it's a really cool scene, the way the the way the camera is set up and, like, the instant pissed-off nature that Jason <laughs> assumes when he sees the bag there, and he just, like, runs over to the main power switch and fucking slams it on and the whole place lights up and you're like oh shit then he starts throwing those steel canoes with one hand and you're like oh my god (laughs) you you feel that power you feel jason's power in this movie and i really like that yes i do like that he is territorial i do like that he does have some things set up including some warnings 
some trip wires with some warnings, some primitive warnings. It's still believable. Yeah, were they tied to the whistles of the counselors that he murdered? I think so, yeah. That's that's nice. And no, actually, I think it's just little bells, little chimes, I think. But there is whistles down there. And then Clay and Jenna are running away after they see this, and they trip one of those wires. And it, it gives us an inside look into his uh, little layer that he's got going on. And who is in the layer? Whitney. Whitney. Yes. Whitney she, Miller, Clay's sister, is alive. She's still alive. It's been six weeks. Does that mean Jason's feeding her? Yeah. She does not look malnourished. At all. At no. all. She's, uh, Teeth in, are nice and white. Everything looks normal. She's, she's a little upset. She's, she's upset. She's crying. But she looks like she's doing okay physically. She looks like she could uh, run away for a while. But do you... Yeah, so what is he... Because you know that he's... He's either like Michael, and he's just, like, fucking eating dogs and squirrels and shit. And does he just throw her, like, the bloody, furry mess and, like, just look at her and wonder why she's not accepting of his nice gift? Or is he, like, cooking her up flesh from the bodies of the people that he kills? But then she stumbles into that body room later. It doesn't seem like anything is being used for food, so I don't know what she's eating. I think he eats uh, regular game, and he's probably feeding her that as well. Just noodle ramen? It's like rabbits and... I think this is just a failure from a filmmaking perspective that mm. she should look more malnourished and dirtier and her teeth shouldn't be so perfect. And I do like the machete sharpening wheel, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got to have that sharp. It it looks like it's part of his like daily routine. It's nice. He comes in, he puts his his garbage down, which is like, you know, his briefcase. And then he goes and sits down, starts up the grinding wheel, starts sharpening his blade, which instantly throws him into a flashback of his mom's death, which sends him into a temper tantrum. And he starts kicking shit around. Mm-hmm. He's knocking over buckets, he's freaking her out. Does he try to do anything to her, or does she, like... No, she looks like mom. And she's got the locket on. Yeah, so what is he doing? He's just keeping her as like a, as like a surrogate mother. He's not doing anything sexual with her. No, because he has a damaged penis. <laughs> the damaged penis with a tiny mask. He's mm-hmm. like he's like Michael too, in that he's stuck as a kid, so all the sex is like scary and confusing. Right, has no idea what to do. He's in a confused fit of rage here. He's having a flashback about his mom. It makes him incredibly angry. And he throws things around, and then he goes up to her while she's crying and grabs her and looks at her face and looks at the locket, and it calms him down. Like, he's not sure, but it could be. And he doesn't know what to do. He's confused. He's angry. He's retarded. (laughs) (laughs) She should just, like, be his mom. And now he's got to go kill some more people. He's just, he's he's confused, all right? Okay? He's used to setting up tripwires and... And marking his territory and guarding it and, and guarding the cannabis as well. Mm-hmm. I think I feel like he is a kind of a guardian of the cannabis that's out there a little bit as well. <laughs> yeah, what we don't get to see is like Jason going to the bathroom. You just see him just, just right next to the grinding wheel, just dropping a huge sloppy 40-40. Katorchi, Katorchi. Uh, actually no no breathing in this actually that i I appreciate that as well there's no like no noises at all no breathing through the mask no nothing yeah even even scenes you think there would be some kind of noise there's nothing he doesn't do anything no just darting eyes that's the most you get 
And because they've set off, because Clay and uh, Jenna have set off the little trap, he gets distracted. He actually is going to follow them back to the cottage. And in the meantime, Whitney is going to steal a pin from Clay's belongings and undo the locks and let herself out. Yeah. Well, it's actually not Clay's belongings. It's the GPS that Clay found in the woods that originally belonged to Wade. Wade, yeah. That's a Wade... A Wade belonging. So that's just a quick correction there to the details that you provided. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Daniel. <laughs> oh, my God. But we get to see like an exposed or an extended view of Jason's lair as she makes her way out of that place. And does she then follow Jason back to that cottage? I'm not sure how she finds her way there. Um, she's just headed away. Just headed away and manages to stumble into it while Chewie is off in mm. the tool shed or the gargantuan tool shed uh, looking for something to help fix the chair. He sneaks some nice old uh, scotch from the yep. liquor cabinet Tricks. out there. Plays some basketball. But no. more importantly, plays what else? Oh, we find out why he'll never be in the NHL. <laughs> he raises that hockey stick above his head and... Oh, terrible stick work. Yeah, I got it. (laughs) Even though his name's Chewy, I was not expecting that. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he knocks the lights out. That, of course, can help set up a nice, uh, pretty shot of Jason just appearing in the flashes of light behind him. And he gets a pretty gruesome death. Just because yeah. it's kind of slow. I was trying to remember which uh, Friday the 13th movie had the scene in the basement, like the cellar. It's three. Okay, with the light behind like that, yep. where the guy turned on the breakers and he was behind him. It yep. was a great great scene. I thought that was kind of an homage to that scene. I thought the same thing. Yeah. It's a nice and yeah, really slow, elongated, like push into his throat with that. What, it's like a metal rod or like a big nail? I don't know, just something from inside the shed, right? And anyway, you know, long story short, uh, Chewie is not going to be fixing anything <laughs> anymore. Nope. Yeah. Stuck with that curved penis. Right? Same as the hockey stick. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he made uh, some rude comments uh, about, I guess, taxing Trent for being his friend, I think was the implication there. Anyway, he got what's coming to him. Yeah, with the theft of the liquor. Yeah. Yeah, How dare he leverage his friendship like that? Yeah, a bunch of bullshit. Uh (laughs) What an asshole. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You should be focusing on repairing the chair. It's a family heirloom, but instead you're fucking around, breaking lights, acting like an asshole, stealing liquor. Karma, okay? What goes around comes around. You get what's coming to you. But Trent also gets what's coming to him. (sighs) The kids are... So juicy, dude. You got perfect nipple placement, baby. (laughs) Girls love being called dude. I know, dude. Your fucking tits are so juicy, dude. What the fuck? They're not just juicy. They're stupendous. They're stupendous. Yeah. She's got perfect nipple placement. Stupendous. That's great, actually. Perfect nipple placement. Those actually were really nice tits, though. Mm, (laughs) Yes, they were. She did have perfect nipple placement. He was not lying. They were very symmetrical. They were very nice. She she looks very nice, naked, brie. 
It was her name. We get mm-hmm. a lot of her naked. We even get to see her like clenching her ass muscles as she's coming. Yeah, it happens over and over again. It's one of these scenes that seems like it's going to be over, but then it's not because they keep cutting back to it. Mm-hmm. And despite the fact that he gets so gratuitous, this is a, like a thing of the modern day. Because I don't see any Bush, I don't feel like it's as naked as it as I would have thought it was if I had seen Bush. There's something about seeing a little triangle on a girl that makes you think like, oh, I just saw her naked. <laughs> Otherwise, it feels like censored for some reason. I was, <laughs> I was just waiting for you to say, there's something about seeing, and I'm like, Bush. Bush. <laughs> And, and you said a little triangle, and it wasn't wasn't as satisfying. You're just like something about bush, 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 seeing bush. pubic hair. <laughs> you know what, Daniel? Um, this is what, what are you gonna do? I'm a, I'm a man, and that woman is very attractive when she's naked. And uh, bush or no, I appreciate that scene. I think that those hokey little comments about stupendous and nipple placement and uh, boobs are so juicy, dude, are also kind of a tribute to the franchise and the hokey, ridiculous lines that have come before this movie that you would take something like that and not take it seriously. You would would, uh, go out of your way to have a little bit of fun. The kids are fucking just so juicy, dude. So juicy, dude. Trent's Trent's a little awkward, okay, socially. Let's just admit it, everybody. He's a little little awkward. He's got a goofy laugh. He's got that feathered hair, sweet cargo shorts. And doesn't know how to have sex talk. No, not at all. But he is having sex with that girl. That's true. Which is more than Lawrence is doing. He's getting ready to jerk off to a woman in a sweater. Yeah, in front of a whole bunch of windows (laughs) in every direction. In the living room, in the middle of the living room, not even the bathroom. Yep. But he can't stand the deer looking at him, so he has to turn away. And that, of course, is when Jenna and Clay show up and terrify him by saying that there's a murderer out there. And did all of us think that had the timing been a little bit different, it would have been great for them to walk in on him with his uh, with his penis in his hands? Oh, yeah. He just, he just, just stands up. He's like, I can't stop coming. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they just came sex, a little sex, bit too sex. soon, hey? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sex, sex, sex. That's all this. This friggin' movie is just sex, sex, sex. Mm-hmm. And he's and killing. Yeah, because Lawrence is the only one that's going to go and try and save Chewie. And no bush. Yeah, and his uh, weapons of choice are fantastic. Does he grab a pot? He grabs a wok, yeah. A wok. A wok. And a, and a fire poker. Mm-hmm. That's where the fire poker comes from. Yeah, Jason uses the fire poker on the cop later. Ah, okay. I was just like, yeah, he, there's a, one of those always pops up in a Jason movie somewhere. I didn't even think about where it came from. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, he goes out there, uh, tries to bash Jason in the face, doesn't really work, Runs, tries to run back to the house, and gets a pretty sweet axe throw in the back. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a great axe throw. But the way he actually dies, I feel like, was uh, was another great moment. The axe hurling scene is pretty good. Yeah. Because he does a two-handed, like, over-the-head throw. You're like, oh, God, that's going to hit so hard. <laughs> well, he's running. Yeah. Well. Oh, mm-hmm. And it just, yeah, it lays him out. And then he even, like, picks him up and throws picks him, him up down and on it. Around, and then throws it. Yeah, that's the, just the finality of uh, of him doing that. 
Yeah, because don't you always think about that in movies? Like when someone gets stabbed in the back and then they fall on their back, you're like, ow. Mm-hmm. Now it's twice as far in there. So yeah, when he throws him down on his back and it pumps up through his chest, you're like, yeah, that's what would happen. <laughs> <laughs> Is the axe blade long enough to reach all the way through? Probably not, but hey, we're not going to pick it apart I now. So. It was a, wasn't it a double-ended? It was, a, it was a double-ended, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have came through. And then we've got... He was thrown down to the ground with a lot of force. Oh, absolutely a lot of force. And that's what sells it. Yeah, and does he all, Does Jason also... Where does he re-abduct Whitney? Uh, against the glass while yeah. Bree and Trent are fucking. Right. After he throws him down, that's when he gets... When he re-abducts her. And this is where the off-camera speed of Jason really comes in. Yes, it does. But b- b- before that, just the fact that it happened kind of took me by surprise because I was I was sort of thinking that, okay, now everything's going to take place at this cottage. We're going to get all of our kills in, blah, blah, blah. Something happens with Jason, end of movie. But instead, he just comes up behind her and grabs her again when she thought she was free. Now she's going back to where she just escaped from. And you're just like, oh, shit. But, but yes, he, then, he, yeah, then he has to portal down there. He takes her back to his lair before he kills Chewie. Mm. That's where it happened, the chronology. I was having a hard time remembering where she gets reabducted. Yeah, he's got time while Chewie's fucking around playing hockey in the shed to take her all the way back to camp, bolt her back up again, and then come all the way back to kill off Chewie and then Lawrence. And then now he's like walking around the house or on top of the roof, and he's going to sneak inside and he's going to take out Bree. Now that they're done fucking. Also, this is a weird part for me. Were Jenna and Trent dating, or was he just trying to fuck her? Because she doesn't seem too upset that he's having sex with that Brie girl. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. I think I have no idea. Or maybe it's like, this generation is polyamorous, so like, who gives a fuck? It's possible that uh, he just wants to have sex with everyone. As long as they've got, you know, properly placed nipples. Mm Mm-hmm. As long as they're uh, bodacious boobies. Wow, bodacious boobies, sis. Yeah, yeah. And I think no, nope, we're we're wrong. Chewie dies first, and then. then Jason absconds with Whitney, and then Lawrence. Okay, so he does he does have a little bit of time because he's running around a lot though. He's he's mm-hmm. he's going back and forth. And... He, yeah, he's hoofing it to get her back there. But he does. They are fucking, and then there's. Uh, Lauren smoking weed, and then the Jenna and Clay showing up. So he has a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. And then when the sex is over, and and uh, Jenna and Trent, or sorry, uh, Bree and Trent come back downstairs, just right away, right away, Clay and Trent go at it. <laughs> right away, that's right. How the fuck did you get in here? Doesn't matter what comes out of Clay's mouth, Trent is just on him. Mm-hmm. Right away. I mean. I already told I've, him to leave the house. I've been connecting with Trent a little bit, I will admit, but in this scene, it's like, okay, dude, there's some serious shit going on. They're trying to communicate this to you, and you're just you're just, you're being a dick. You're being a cunt, really. Well, he, he had a moment there to cut it off at like reasonable levels because he was like, hey, dude, no offense, I don't know you. It's a private party. Please, I'm sorry about your sister, but step off. And if he had left it there, it would have been fine. But then. He's like, yeah, I, I, I understand. You don't know me. And he's like, yeah, I just fucking said that. And you're like, okay, Trent. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then there's pushing and shoving involved. Mm-hmm. It's childish. It's not gentleman behavior. Neither of these guys are gentlemen. No, but you know who is a gentleman? Who? I forget his name already. <laughs> Prince? Jason? 
No, Lawrence. He's fiddling. <laughs> he grabs his, his well, yeah, he pot goes, and poker, and he's going. He's going out to be the man here. He goes out to save his friend. Yeah, and he gets yeah. an axe in the back for it. He gets <laughs> yeah. an axe but in the back. hey, he dies with honor, right? It's true. Yeah, he was trying to save someone. Uh, Bree is just searching around the house. What is she searching for? Is she searching for Jason? Because she like sneaks into the bathroom and then like slowly opens the shower curtain. Is she looking for Jason? I don't. Know, I don't even understand that. Yeah, she's looking for something. So they're just like looking for Jason. Trent's gone off to get his gun, and Jason, of course, standing in the shadows, pops out behind Bree, smothers her for a little bit, then impales her on the antler towel rack. Well, don't they see Lawrence get murdered? Yes, and then they all react and run through the house trying to hide, right? Yeah, but Bree's not trying to hide. She's, like, looking around for stuff. Bree's kind of, I mean, I don't want to be that guy, but... No, like, she's not the sharpest tool you have, in the You have to sacrifice a little for those perfect nips. Yeah, she's got a lot of assets, but I don't think they're in her head. <laughs> <laughs> but Bree gets it really bad. She gets smothered, she gets impaled. Uh, Trent later freaks out with the gun and shoots at her through the door. Yeah. I wanted something more here. I wanted Bree to get her head, like her, her, her neck snapped. I wanted Jason to snap her neck and then hang her up. <laughs> <laughs> Not just stick her on the antler coat rack. I wanted her to die viciously with a neck snapping or a neck breaking and then a just a mm. Because Jason likes to hang bodies up. Something he does. I mean, it's something that he does, and then a nice neck snap would have would have been welcome. I would have welcomed a nice neck snap. Uh, also, in a in previous Jason films, sometimes he will just push his his palm against someone's face as they're wedged against the wall until he just crushes their skull. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's something that was missing here. That's a good what, one. It was a a hand squeezing the skull death. You know what I feel like was missing is someone getting thrown through a window. Yes. That was missing too. Good call. That's the Yeah, there's that, two things yeah. that happen in every Jason movie. Someone gets thrown through a window. They used to be dead at the beginning, but near the end they're sometimes alive. And someone gets stabbed from below, which they did, but it's always been on a, a bed or a hammock. Yeah, there's all uh, there's another thing. There's also the hanging bodies and we do get one of those. Mhm. Mm get a couple. If you want to include the sleeping bag. They, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. They they remember that one. We don't get the body through the window. You're right. He crashes through the window a couple of times. Yes, he does do that. And that was actually the one of the more fun parts of the original trilogy was the force with which he dove through mm -hmm. windows. <laughs> yeah. Or no, he you know that was throwing bodies through was, windows. Yeah, yeah, he throws bodies through windows. Yeah. Ah, I wish they had done that. Yeah. But in part four, he also like just bust through the wall like a cartoon like the shape of his body <laughs> through the wall just like <laughs> and then the next death in this one is uh the police officer right he he jumps down and just spears that that fire poker right through the cop's eye like so much force mm -hmm. it's a good shot too it like follows from the stab through the door and then into the yeah. other room yeah mm -hmm. great shot yeah it's such a simple death but a, a really nice way to shoot that death and serves the officer right for coming back to take a quick look, a quick... Mm-hmm, because he didn't do his job in the beginning. Yeah, our our, our poor man, John Saxon. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. A PPA, he's looking through the, the peephole, the eye hole, when he gets poked in the yeah. in the peeper, in the eye... Okay, forget it. Yeah. Oh, God. Poked, poked in the peeper. 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, Poked in the paper. I'll say one horror movie trope that's not in here that I've come to love, especially lately since we've been pointing it out all the time, is there's no horror movie within a horror movie. No right. one, no one's like watching Frankenstein on TV somewhere. Mm-hmm. Well, that's they were they were here. making a movie, Bree and Trent. <laughs> that's yeah. true. That's true. I actually thought in that scene when they're when she's filming him that it, it would have been a nice little touch if they like put the camera down for a second and it's just like on Jason. So Jason's like washing them right next to the television, but they're not paying attention. Oh, that would have been a good idea. And this leads us to he the- does throw Bree's body down from the roof onto the car. Yes, that's like stage four of her death. <laughs> yeah. And then everyone flees and they run past Lawrence in the hot tub with the bloody water. So another nice ad. They're, they're taking deaths and adding things to them to get as much off each kill as possible. Yeah. I would also uh, credit Trent with a, with a nice little scream here. He's got a nice little feminine scream. <laughs> That's when the that's when Bree's body hits the car. <laughs> and then he he goes and meets his fate very soon after this in what would possibly be the most vicious death of them all. But it has to be right. This guy's the dickhead, or you know, I know that we've been siding with him a lot through the, through this show, but he's the dickhead, so he's got to get it the worst. Yeah, he just he sits there and just he sticks that machete in there and just. Oh, and then lifts, lifts him, him up and just and shakes, yeah, shakes him yeah. around and gives it to him. Yeah. Oh, like saws upward through his chest a little bit and then ends it with like a beautiful impalement on that hay bale thing on the back of that truck. Yeah, I think him lifting him up and using like his hand on the opposite, like the dull side of the machete. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. that's interesting because I don't think I've ever seen that before. And there's been plenty of opportunity to do something like that, but it just so violent and that that's what makes this good. that's what makes this remake or this reboot actually have a lot of merit because it does focus in on these kills and really does engage and do a good job of them mhm yeah they're treated with respect like they should have been a long time ago i don't know how we lost track of that so hard through the later part of the jason franchise but yeah this one's good and i i was watching some of the behind the scenes stuff on you know they had the the directors or whatever special features team had chosen the seven best kills from the movie and this was one of the the number one or two or if not number one either way they showed the rigging that they had made and they called it like the elaborate steve martin joke so it was just like a fake machete that was on each side of the body with like a a harness that they had built that would start low and could slowly slide up as as the actor shimmied the blade back and forth on both sides so it looked like it was sawing him in half and it was just well done. I was like, look at that simple contraption they made. And even the director was like, yeah, I saved myself like three weeks of CGI nightmare just by making this little setup. He's like, more directors need to do this. And I was like, yes, they do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Look for simple, effective, real ways to do things. And you know what? Sometimes I think that there's just so much stress put on making a movie that it's really easy to say you should have done this or you should have done that. And sometimes maybe the money isn't there or the time isn't there to slow down and and think about these things and make these decisions. But, yeah, I would appreciate less CGI in a lot of different movies. Yeah, and many things outside of the horror genre. Yes, but I also understand Daniel's Daniel's got a huge thing about that, and I understand it. Like Mm -hmm. This is a genre where you can 
easily eliminate a lot of that stuff. There are some genres you can't just because of the scale and the scope of what they're doing. But yeah. in these movies, yeah, you definitely can. Yeah, it, in the horror genre, it's it's okay, even preferred that it if it needs to look worse to feel better. Like I'll take a I'll, t- I'll take a dummy head getting its skull crushed against a wall any day rather than some CGI bullshit. Right. I'll deal with that blank dummy face no problem. It's still brutal. Mm-hmm. Just like Trent's body getting flung on to the back of the truck and then dragged away with his feet like kicking up as the truck speeds up. I was like, that's such a nice little touch. It makes it look extra disgusting because he's just ragdolling around in the back of that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that whole scene was was great. And the old man. Yes. <laughs> yeah, why like, was the old man just like trying to be as creepy as he possibly could? Yeah. Like wave, waved him in. Yep. He's like, how you paying boy, grass or ass? <laughs> and then they, and then he starts, he starts rubbing baby oil all over his hairy chest. And then he's like, holy shit, you have perfect nipples. <laughs> Jesus. And that's when the old man in the truck teaches Trent how to live a little bit dirtier, not worry about being clean all the time. Maybe the door should be left open once in a while. Maybe they should be the focus of the sequel. We won't know that now because Trent's dead. Mm-hmm. The trucker will get back to him. Right. <laughs> And there's only one more death in this film, and that's Jenna. And that comes after a lot of running around inside of Jason's lair. Yeah, I was uh, I was saddened by this death. You weren't expecting it? Andrew thought that there was going to be two final girls. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I feel like she didn't deserve to die. But deserves got nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. It's true, though. Yeah, she didn't. It's true. By some of the internal rules of the franchise, yeah, she was kind. She didn't. Fuck the douchebag. She didn't show her breasts. Mm-hmm. Well, this is on Clay. Let's all be honest. Okay? Who goes oh, first? Yeah. Okay, when Clay. they get to that tunnel, when they're trying to escape, what man? What <laughs> That's gentleman? true. Says, follow me? Yeah. <laughs> follow me. Goes through first and then turns to let them walk th- through anyway? Like, what are you doing, buddy? <laughs> he just, like, pushes Jenna out of the way so that he can oh. go first. Whitney first, because she's obviously the captive that's been locked in there. Then Jenna. Then you. Mm-hmm. You're not a man. You're not a gentleman. Get the fuck out of here. Is this the uh, opposite of uh, going into battle, where you would go first? Mm-hmm. But when you're running away, you need to go last. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Act just like a real trend. Yeah. 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 <laughs> No, both of them are assholes, really. I honestly thought that the brother was going to get it as well. I'm shocked that he's alive at the end. I think he deserved it. Just yeah, if anything, one. the roles should have swapped. He should have died. Yeah, okay, yeah. I, I, I could deal with Jenna and Whitney getting away, yep. for sure. That mm. will complete our 13 kills for Jason, our appropriate 13 kills, because after Jenna, he's got to go try and chase them down as they're running around through his tunnels and out into the open. And they finally make their way over to not Donnie's place, but the hillbilly Donnie was working for, where they get into this nice uh, wood chipper scene, our final <laughs> climatic battle. And we're happy to see it because we knew that it would it would show up again. Yeah. My only worry was that I was, for a second there, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, stabbing Michael and throw or not Michael, uh, stabbing Jason and throwing him to the bottom of a lake? That's your vague, you know, cliffhanger f- sequel thing. Like, Getting him completely mutilated into bits in a wood chipper is a little bit too much, even for the Jason franchise, unless we're going straight to him making people eat hearts so he can embody their souls. Okay, Daniel, don't get your chain stuck in a wood chipper, okay? Oh, God. Jesus. Because that's what happens. 
the chain mm-hmm. gets stuck in the wood chipper. They use it creatively again yeah. to to create a, a hanging scene. Yeah, and then the, and then the wood beam breaks because he's so fucking huge, and then it starts to pull him in uh, straight into the machine itself, and it's grinding against the chain, and it looks like it even st- like clips his mask a little bit. Or if it didn't, I was wanting it to, so that when the sequel came, it would have to have the nice iconic like chip in it. And it's just chewing into the back of his head just mm-hmm. enough to be gross, but not outright mutilation of the of of the Jason character, right? Like right, doesn't we- chop him into bits, but it does make you go ah. He's like, whatever, that part of the brain was damaged already. <laughs> he doesn't even feel it. Yeah. Obviously. He doesn't, because he actually takes a decent amount of damage in this movie before this final, like, machete through his chest. He gets, like, stabbed in the leg a couple of times, stabbed in the, in the in the shoulder and in the arm. He takes a lot of stab wounds in this movie, but just but keeps on true, trucking. In true franchise fashion, it does not slow him down. No, because he is supernatural. They don't play it up here, but he is. They do point out that he died drowning as a kid, so he has to be some sort of supernatural force. Well, he also jumps up on top of roofs. Right, but we could we could fit all this into a grown and forgotten about Jason. I wish they had gone that route. You want you want to do old Jason? Yeah. Like old, weathered, or, gray-haired Jason, like Grandpa Jason? No, or at least like leave that for a, part of, a new part six or seven, you know? Like for this first reboot, I like that they crammed the best stuff of the first four into one movie, and I kind of wish they had made it... Like, I, like like we had discussed earlier in the show, which is that instead of drowning, he just got severe brain damage. And I, th- I feel like that would make the audience even more sympathetic to Jason as a character that we root for. Where do they go from here? My suggestion earlier about trying to move away from the Friday the 13th moniker to refresh it. Call it Voorhees and just do do something maybe slightly slightly different. They could probably stick around for like two, maybe three more sequels that are like in this similar fashion or the similar tone and style of this reboot. And then we would have to do probably the only thing left for Jason to do that hasn't already been done, which is like to travel back in time. Time travel. Right. right? Jason X is kind of time travel. He kind of time travels to the future through cryogenics. But I'm talking about he straight up goes back to like the 1700s or some shit. (laughs) Okay, what about making this about camp counselors again? What about the next one being going back to its, you know, camp counselor idea? Like, not the old broken down camp Crystal Lake, like the actual camp. Yeah, there, there's room for that. I believe that's what Jason 6 is, right? They go back to the abandoned Crystal Lake and they repaint it and rebuild it and call it something different. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's one of the more enjoyable entries. It's true. They could definitely do that. Oh, jeez. I think what I would want to see is, maybe we've touched on this before, Nathan, is instead of these so-and-so versus so-and-so, I want it to be so-and-so and and so-and-so. Right. I want it to be Jason and Michael or, you know, any other combination you can think of, like where the beginning of the movie is them crossing paths with each other as they both go for like the same kill or something getting irritated with each other, trying to beat the shit out of each other, realizing it's pointless, and then buddying up to be a double terror force. How about the sequel is called, or the remake, or the redirection, or the redesign, is called Voorhees. But it's the, the twist is not what you think it is. It's that there's multiple 
members of the Voorhees family, almost like a hills have eye eyes type blend to the point where, you know, they, they murder Jason or they kill Jason maybe halfway through the movie. And you're like, what? What the hell just happened? And then there's like a family of Voorhees that come out with different colored masks. There we go. Now, that, no, we're, we're like into, this is beyond uh, part four territory, what you're talking about right now. And I am on board. I also just want to say that I think the poster for this remake is better than any of the other posters from the entire franchise. That that could be. Also, there's a weird thing, too, I noticed in this, which works much better with Jason than it did with the reimagined Freddy Krueger from Wes Craven's New Nightmare, is that they gave Jason a jacket. He's got, like, a big coat on that he wears in the earlier part of the film. I didn't recognize that, but, yeah, it, it works really well. Because it's right. It's like it's it's a camp. It probably gets cold. It's all ratty and disgusting, like he's never taken it off before. It works really well, way better than Freddy Krueger's clean purple felt. <laughs> but mm-hmm. we do get a little... Kind of. This is kind of another little dumb part in this otherwise pretty good movie, which is the Jason coming up under the pier and grabbing onto Whitney right at the end. They think they've killed him. They roll his body off into the water, and then, of course, he pops back up and grabs one of them, and then we go right to credits. That also feels like a tribute to the original. It is. It's not the same, but it, it feels like an echoed sentiment. What it should have been was that they kicked his body into the water, his mask... They forgot to kick off. They walk off making some stupid joke about how all of their friends are dead. And then he comes back to kick the mask in the water and the mask is gone. Credits. Well, I don't think either way. I mean, this this movie made enough money to warrant doing another one. So I don't, I don't know why. They were going to do one too, but they pulled production on it for some reason. And it might just be because maybe, maybe the funding or the production, the financing of it backed away. Maybe Michael Bay... Walking out after 30 minutes thinking it was too gratuitous was also him saying, we're not going to do any more of this. But the very next year, he was going to remake Nightmare on Elm Street, and that had very negative reception. But I'm, I'm really I'm surprised it was so there was so an, of a non-response. I can't remember anybody really saying good or bad things about this Jason remake. But it was the sex. It was the too much sex that made him back away, I think. Nightmare on Elm Street didn't have a lot of sex in it. It was just a carbon copy of the original. Yeah, that is true. This uh, movie also made more money than all the other ones. Well, you're not adjusting it for inflation. The original, they only spent like 500 grand on it. Yeah. And this one they spent 17 million on. So I think the original is still considered to be the most profitable. And then this one would be number two probably. Either way, I guess they, they did make their money. I mean, they quadrupled their money, basically. And it it doesn't have a... It's got a 5.6 on IMDb. I, it's not terrible. I looked at all the critic reviews or a bunch of the different critic reviews for this. And it just feels like there's not a lot of people talking about the franchise. And this is coming from me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't think any of them are really seeing the... Like, I just... All of the comments that I'm reading... None of them are really connecting the fact that this movie is a tribute to the entire franchise. It's trying to encapsulate as much of the entire franchise as possible. And none of them are saying anything about that. They're just saying, "Eh, more of the same bullshit. And you're like, yeah, of course it is. Yeah, that's the point. But if you'd even taken a second to look, you'd realize that, oh my God, no, there isn't. Look at all the great jumps forward they made with uh, Jason's character. Yeah, and all of those little details that are paying tribute are 
being sharpened and, and done really well. I mean, yes, the sex and gratuity is, is there and you can judge that if you want to, but for the most part, a lot of this is being, it's, it's almost like they, they took everything and made it just, uh, shiny and, and new and, and good. So I don't, yeah. So I feel like what they did is they took an idea that wasn't the best and made it better. Yeah, like a remake should be doing in which they often fail to do, which brings me to, um, in turn, I don't think I'm going to go through and give my ratings for all of the the Friday films. I might put that on the website later after I've had time to think about it. But I know that you've done so, correct? I have. Um, why don't you it'll give, take why, a second to pull it up, though. Okay. So I'll... But, uh, on the like actual rating scale, I can rate them all, um, but I just need to bring it up. Yeah, you do that. Nathan, what is your rating for the Friday the 13th remake? I would say that it's probably a minus two. A minus two. Mm-hmm. And so explain, what what brought you to the negative side? Because I'm having a little bit of trouble. Because it's hokey. I, I, I find that, and I'm just going to do this as a straight judgment against not just you, but... Uh, I would also say I think Caruso does it a lot too, mm-hmm. where you tend to put movies that are bad and are meant to be bad on the positive scale for some reason, and I don't understand why they end up there. This is a movie that although it is done well and executed well, it is a bad movie. It's meant to be bad. It's paying tribute to 10 bad movies. This is bad. This is minus scale. This is 25% rotten on Rotten Tomatoes for a reason. Because it is bad. Although I agree that it needs to be appreciated based on the franchise and its existence and all the details involved. Those details are stemming from bad movies. Right, but the the parts that are paying homage, the like stereotypical characters and the bad overacting, yes, I definitely see the negative in that when I'm gauging how much fun I had with that part of the movie. That's definitely going over to the negative side of the scale. But... But the part about the scale that makes it work, that's being misconstrued, that I think needs to be challenged, is that the so bad it's good doesn't make it good. Right. That's, it that, just that, means it's so bad it's good. That's it. It can stay there and that's fine. It can be appreciated that way. Yeah, but this movie to me isn't so bad it's good. Maybe those acting parts, like I was saying, are that. But everything that focuses around Jason in this movie does not come across as hokey to me. Nor does it come across as so bad it's good. For me, that I reserve that for the Jason films where he's portaling around and he makes stupid mistakes or he kills someone with some dumb item or he travels into their bodies to take over their souls. Like That, to me, is so bad it's good. Here, all the Jason stuff is actually good good, but then the acting is bad good, so I don't know where to go. The clean execution of Jason's character is still limited to it being a slasher that walks around and murders people. Right. There's no so, so tension can I, behind can I, that character. There's no depth. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't even breathe. He's just a stalking thing that walks around and murders people. And the kills are creative. So all of a sudden that means that it's good, good? I don't... Minus two. Yeah. As, no. a, as a monster. I, no, these, uh, these horror movies and everything like this needs to be put where it belongs. And that's that's a minus two, Daniel. I'm giving it a minus two because the majority of the entire franchise was probably a minus one, some of them creeping close to zero. So for this to be a minus two is a huge compliment. Right. So 
Intern, where do you put all the franchise, including the remake? Okay, so I'll go through and I'll start at the zero, unnecessary. Jason Goes to Hell and Friday the 13th, A New Beginning, zero. Uh, and then I go into minus ones, which I have Friday the 13th, Friday the 13th Part 2, Friday the 13th Part 3, and Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Um, and then I get minus two, which would be Jason Lives, uh, The New Blood, Jason Takes Manhattan, Jason X, and this new one, Jason 2009, or Friday the 13th, 2009. All right, so that's two negative twos from oh. each of my partners here, or sorry, my partner and the intern. <laughs> See, I, uh, I picture Caruso giving this a positive scale rating. Right, I picture that also. So that just leaves think. what would I think about this movie. <laughs> Uh, you make a very good point. This is part of the fun of debating on which side of the scale a movie falls on. And when you look at all the previous Jason films, of course they all fall on the negative side. Of course there are a handful that fall in the zero range as well. Uh, I would put Jason Takes Manhattan in the zero range. In turn puts that as a negative two on par with this film, which I most find egregious. Um, but it's true. If you only isolated all of the Jason stuff and you tried to wrap it around a serious film, I feel like this would fall into the positive range. But the acting, the tone, some of the nostalgic homage that it's winking its eye at, even though it's all handled really, really well, it's playing off of a vast negative franchise, and I think it should be included with its brethren. It wants to be there. It wants to be negative. It wanted to be so bad it was good, and I think in the end it accomplished that. I agree, gentlemen, this is a negative two, but not all of it is. I, so as a negative two, or as a two on either side of the, of the board, uh, this movie is recommendable. If you are a Jason fan, and you are dismissive of this film, I have to question just how much of a fan you are. Friday the 13th, 2009, negative two. And for the record, I agree with you that Jason Takes Manhattan is not being scored correctly by the intern, and um, we're, in yeah, full, yeah. we're in full disagreement. I understand why you guys are saying that. I also would like to say that I think that this is the best one of all of them. I, I, would rank, I think rank I agree up. with you, intern. Yeah. I think I would be on board with that um, conversation. I'm. I think I'd want to watch Jason X one more time. One more time. Yeah. You're going to have to go through a couple of the older ones again, just, just to make sure. (laughs) It's strange though, because a lot of these things that we discuss, and this only happens when there is a franchise of the size involved. Some of these movies are dependent on the rest of the franchise to have the impact that they have. Jason X, if you isolated, isolated it by itself would be bad. It would be, (laughs) be really bad yeah i don't know that you would see it the same way you wouldn't same thing that you said in your outro here that this new one the remake if it was isolated from the rest of the franchise as a standalone movie it might not fall where you're putting it because of its connection to the franchise it might actually creep closer to that positive scale but it's it's a tough thing it's a tough thing to weigh the the balance between negative and positive because you want 
to say it's recommendable, but it's also dumb fun. So it's it's an odd it's an odd situation we put ourselves in when we try to make sense of um, where it should be categorized. Yeah, and and for me sitting down to watch this film for the for the first time in its entirety, uh, trust me, I was not expecting at all to say something that at the time I would have considered blasphemous, which is that this might possibly be the best Friday the Thirteenth in the franchise, making it a remake that is better than the original and all the that came after the original. So I'm yeah, I'm surprised that I ended up here. But you're right. It is dependent, just like Jason X, on knowing the gutter from which you, these movies have come. <laughs> but now we're done. We're not just done with Friday the 13th, the remake. We're done with Friday the 13th, period, until they make another one, which means... We're moving on. Of course, this means that we'll be spinning for a new property... Something hopefully that we can toss into our ever-growing bag of potential sequels and remakes for future spins. I'm going to go ahead and crank this up since it's just three of us tonight. Landed on 100 lunatics. The lunatic is Pumpkinhead. You will be watching Pumpkinhead. How fitting. Lance Henriksen. It's about damn time he showed up here. <laughs> Lance is in the triumvirate. He's up there with, uh, for me, he's not as like smarmy and charming as Jeffrey Combs, but to me, there are some guys that really just seem like they belong in this B-horror world. And I feel like Jeffrey Combs and Lance Henriksen and Bruce Campbell, these guys all form this team of people that do just that. And so The excitement if, over here is astounding. Yay! So if Reanimator is Jeffrey Combs' thing and Evil Dead is Bruce Campbell's thing, Pumpkinhead is Lance Henriksen's thing. You're putting this on par with Reanimator in terms from a fun standpoint? I'm not, it's been a long time since I've seen Pumpkinhead. I know there is definitely some weird shit to have some fun with. Who is Pumpkinhead? It's also like a weirdly darker story than a lot of horror movies need to start things off. Is Pumpkinhead like a, like a pumpkin creature? No, it's actually like kind of misleading. I remember as a kid thinking, oh, it's like a weird jack-o'-lantern creature or something. No, it's like some fucking disgusting demon thing that gets called up whenever a wrongful death has occurred. Lance Hendrickson has a son that gets caught in some like horrifying accident. It's like it's kind of a brutal drama to base such a bizarre horror off of. But it also was made in the 80s, 88 to be exact, and it's a not a young Lance Hendrickson, but a younger, so he's like minus 60% of those deeply ingrained wrinkles in that scrawny but taut body and large head. So it's fun. I love Lance. You can't really go wrong. It's not going to be... It, it won't be painful, guys, I promise. Okay. We'll see. But there you go. Pumpkinhead. It's kind of a weird one. It's definitely a horror franchise and a horror staple, especially of the 80s, but it often gets overlooked because it's kind of bizarre. So for next time, prepare for Pumpkinhead. 
Um, anything else, guys? No. Really looking forward to Pumpkinhead. I'll reserve my comments on looking forward to anything. <laughs> Let's hope it's at least as good for uh, the intern as Jason takes Manhattan. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> Otherwise, it'll do it for us tonight. Signing out for myself, Daniel, Nathan, and Andrew, the intern. You can find us at 100lunatics.com. Go check out more episodes of this show. Check out some Trailer Park Podcasts at trailerparkpodcast.com. Our sister show, hosted by my cousin here, Nathan, where we go over movie trailers. Uh, write us an email, 100lunatics at gmail.com. See us on Twitter. Talk to us on Twitter. Subscribe. Review. Interact. At 100lunatics. At I Hate Horror for Nathan. And at Trailer Park. Our T part, was it? The intern TPP? There you go. There we go. At the intern TPP for Andrew. I thought it was at fuckface. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you just type in fuckface, Andrew's name comes up, right? (laughs) (laughs) Andrew, by the way, grotesque nipple placement. Yeah. Yeah, no, don't ever. Yeah. (laughs) Don't do an image search. (laughs) 